Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports on this beautiful Saturday morning. The rain has passed, and now it's become very sunny. The show is coming to you live from the La Quinta Hotel in Maryland today. I'm very excited to do the show from here today. We've got a lot to, lot to talk about today, a lot going on in the world of sports this past week and last night, so... We're going to cover, we're going to start off, we're going to do some baseball, Mets and Yankees. Yankees with a nice come from behind win last night, 2-1, to one, pulling it out in extra innings after being down, falling behind in the ninth, one nothing, and then Brett Gardner hits the home run, they're tied in the bottom of the ninth, and then the Yankees win on a Torreyes, RBI hit in the bottom of the tenth, 2-1, to one, so a big win for the Yankees who had been struggling, lost eight out of nine, and uh, so now they get, at least they get a nice little win, they stay tied for first with Boston, so... We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a little some of the Mets. Obviously, a lot of drama going on there. They they bound out 20 hits last night, and they went 11-4. So big, a big, much needed win for the Mets. But let's face reality: 12 games out, things are not looking good. And now Cabrera is requesting a trade. They're talking. Alderson says they're going to start. You know, they're open for business to start trading guys in their last year. Their deals. You know, the Dudas, the, the Cabreras, the Grandisons, the Addison Reeds. So these type of guy, uh, these type of guys are gonna probably get moved. Jay Bruce and Walker, if he comes back, it makes sense for them to move. The season's pretty much in the tank. Filter next year, get the pitchers back healthy, and a couple of free agents call up Rosario and Smith, and let's see where we could go next year. So the Mets should definitely be able to business. And then Cabrera's comments last night. I mean, you get moved to second, a guy could barely walk. Yet he's complaining that he's moving to second base. It's beyond. It's beyond words. It's just team. These guys all think they're better than they are. It's just crazy. So we're going to talk a lot of baseball in the first hour. At 10 o'clock, we're going to be talking NBA draft with Big Daddy from the Philadelphia 76ers. We're going to talk about the 76ers and the rest of the NBA. Obviously, the Knicks, they held on to Porzingis as well. We're going to talk about that. I don't even know what Phil Jackson is even thinking about trading Porzingis, but that's just ridiculous to even think. So you're going to hear me going a little rant about that later. And uh, we're going to talk about the rest of the draft. The trades, Dwight Howard traded to Charlotte for a bag of bowls. I don't get that trade either. I understand dumping salary, but then you took salary in the deal. I, that deal made no sense at all from the Hawks' perspective. But we're going to talk about that. And I'll go back to the Knicks for a second. You know, taking – listen, I'm not saying this young point guard for France ain't going to be good. But to pass on a talent like Dennis Smith, who would be a better fit for the triangle and just a better offense, way better offensive player. It, to me, it's you got a chance to pick a star player there 
And I know some people also maybe they didn't pick Monk, who I would have took as well. But Smith, to me, was the guy I would have took if I was the Knicks there. So we're going to get into the Knicks late. Obviously, it's just a train wreck of an organization. So we're going to talk about that. And then about, let's say, about 10.30, 10.45, Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry are going to join us to talk NHL drafts, expansion drafts, a lot going on. Rangers make the big trade yesterday, traded Stefan and uh, Ranta and getting the seventh pick. And then I don't think they reached on both their picks, especially the seventh pick. But we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get their opinions on that. And we'll talk about the rest. Braden Shen, the Flyers traded him yesterday. I'll tell you, a good move for the Flyers to get Nolan Patrick, though. The second pick, I thought the Devils should have took him one, but the top two picks are clearly the top two guys in the draft. And uh, so we'll get we'll get into all the NHL later with them as well. So we're going to do a lot today, baseball, basketball, hockey. We'll touch on some other things throughout the show. Of course, your calls, 718-508-9883 throughout the show. We'll talk about anything you want, as always. And uh, I do want to start off the show, though, giving a big shout-out to uh, Totally Driven Zone, Wee Wee from the Coco and Wee Wee show. I don't know if anybody's seen Shazam, the show Shazam the other night on on Fox, the debut, the music show. Uh, Wee Wee and her boyfriend Steve won the million-dollar prize, which was unbelievable. I mean, we were sitting there rooting our hearts out. Me and my wife, uh, it was so great to see how, see them win, and and uh, it was they pretty much dominated the whole competition. I mean, and then it got down to the end. You got to answer six questions in a row to beat Shazam and all different songs, and you got to get the title, the exact name of the song. Like, there can't be anything. And it came down to the one question. And I'll tell you, they, they give you a choice. So here they are. They, she's got to go for go for the million, or you could walk away with 198 or 200,000, around she was. And uh, they give you a choice. But if you, you know, if you don't get it there, you still walk away with almost 100 grand, which is still, listen, anybody here would, sign up for hundred grand right now. So it was a great – and she took the chance, and, uh, you know, Harvard Steve took the chance, and she only one of them can answer the question. So she had to she had to go, and then she got it right, Shout, the song Shout, and from the 80s, and it was a great moment. I'm very happy for them and uh, very proud, totally driven, very proud, and just a great moment, great thing to watch, and uh, nothing but the best for Wee Wee and, uh, and Steve, and it's just unbelievable. So if anybody – caught that it was really unbelievable and and just a great moment for her and her boyfriend and for totally driven family who were all behind her and were all supporting her so it was a great a great moment we wish her the best of luck and uh you know coco and we we are doing big things as well so keep an eye out for both of them and uh yeah so it was just it was a great show great to see her win very proud of her and a very uh big moment very exciting so so congrats, Wee Wee and Steve, and, you know, best of luck to you, to you guys. All right, so now we're going to get into – we're going to start off with some baseball. So, as always, you know, we're going to start We're going to start off with the Yankees right now because uh, we're going to talk some Yankees. So, the Yankees with the big win yesterday, down one nothing late on a, on a weird play. I mean, first and second – Beltre strikes out, the ball pants ball, and the guy scores from second, and they were moving on the pitch, but scores from second, and the Yankees fell behind one nothing. But then in the ninth inning, they get the big hit from Gardner, hitting the home run to put them ahead, to, you know, to tie the game 1-1, and then they eventually win the game 2-1 on the Torre. It's hit, and then and Darvish and Darvish and uh, Tanaka were locked in a pitch to do with some game. 
and uh, you know they match zeros the whole way them two, and uh, it was an unbelievable game. And then the Yankees again late. You know, Garner's been so clutch for them. I'll tell you, Garner's got a lot of criticism early in the year when he had a slow start, and then all of a sudden he's just exploded. And the power, all of a sudden the power he's showing Garner is just unbelievable. It's it's nobody expected this, you know. And, you know, I know a lot of talk was, oh, he's a Garner, there's no way the Yankees will keep him. But to me, well, why would they get rid of him at this point? I mean, why wouldn't you sign him in the offseason? He's been a big part of the team. It makes perfect sense to keep him around. And, uh, you know, so I I, I, I can see the Yankees trying to work something out. Listen, I know the Yankees, a lot of talk. A couple of years, Bryce Harper's a free agent. Obviously, they're going to go big on pitching in the offseason. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But, listen, big win. Big win for the Yankees yesterday. Can't say anything about it. They, a much-needed win. I mean, the team was struggling. Of course, they had a nine until yesterday. And uh, so it was a, a really a much-needed win for them. And, a clutch performance late, obviously Gardner again, and just great pitching. Tanaka, who's been getting criticized all year, finally came up, uh, you know, came up with a big start, a much-needed start. So now the Yankees and the Red Sox tied. Yankees 40 and 31, Red Sox 41 and 32, tied for first. Obviously, Yankees lost eight out of ten, as I just said, and uh, the Red Sox six and four in their last ten for the tie. How about those Rays? Only two and a half out the Devil Rays. Surprised in the league right now, the Devil Rays are 40 and 36, two and a half out. Baltimore and Toronto, both six games out. And Toronto, like I talked about last week, has turned their season around. They were like 1 and 12. I mean, and they really uh, turned their season around to get back in the mix. So there's a dogfight now. I mean, the Yankees were playing great a couple weeks ago. Listen, nobody expected them to keep up their pace. And, you know, they've been a surprise in the league so far, and they're having a great year. And I heard Cashman say this week that the Yankees could make a move. The Yankees could make a big move at the deadline. So that's something to keep an eye out. Obviously, the news this week about Gleyber Torres, torn ACL, is a big blow for them. They were expecting to call him up this year. He should be fine for next year. I know a lot of Yankee fans were panicking over that. But the guy should be fine for next year. So I wouldn't really worry if I'm the Yankee fans about that. He'll be back. But, uh, yeah, tough, a tough break for them, though, because I'm sure they wanted to call him up this year. And, you know, when, uh, Chase Henley hasn't been great this year, so I'm sure that was definitely a move they were looking to make at some point. So now it's a question of the Yankees going to do it. What do the Yankees do with the deadline? Will they just go for a pitcher? Will they give, what will they give for a pitcher? And is that the move they're going to make, or is there something else in the plans for the Yankees? So that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I personally think uh, you might see the Yankees go for a first baseman. It could be a need. Obviously, they designated Chris Carter for assignment, and uh, they're looking at uh, they called up Tyler Austin for now. So that could be another position the Yankees eventually address. I heard rumors of Eric Hosmer, but Hosmer's going to cost a lot. So you're going to have to get a big prospect to get Hosmer. So if that ever became realistic, I know Hosmer's just a rental, but he's still a proven stud first baseman, clutch in the postseason player. Plus, the Royals are playing so good right now. I don't see the Royals doing that anyway. So, we're going to see what, we'll see what they do there with that. So, but yeah, so it's going to be an interesting, obviously, the American League right now. Like I said, the Yankees and the Red Sox are tied. You have an essential. You have Cleveland. Game lead over Minnesota. The Royals three games out. The White Sox seven games out. 
Tigers seven and a half out right now. So the Twins have been a surprise, but now the Indians have overtook the Twins. But the Red Hot Royals, who won eight out of ten now, have only are only three games back. So that's why I don't think you'll see the Royals sell. There'll be some other guy. You know, I talked about this the last week. I know the Yankees and Mets don't really trade, but Duda would be a perfect fit for the Yankees. He's a rental. He's got left-handed power in Yankee Stadium. He's not going to cost an arm and leg. He's not going to cost the Yankees one of their top prospects. Somebody floated around a good rule of, of, of a Duda for Romine type deal, which could work. You know, Mets might have to give a little something else just because Duda's a rental. But maybe the Mets throw in a bullpen arm or something to, you know, a little something extra for the Yankees there. And that could, that's something that could maybe work. But again, Mets and the Yankees very rarely make a trade. So, you know, I don't know if something's going to happen there. And the Astros keep rolling. They're 11 and a half ahead of the Mariners, 13 ahead of the Angels. Although Felix Hernandez came back last night and beat the Astros. So I know the Mariners are happy to get him back, but Astros are just running. I mean, the Astros are stacked. And then there was the rumor yesterday that Astros called the Mets for DeGrom, but the Mets obviously shot them down. But the Astros have prospects, but the Mets can't trade DeGrom. That's one. DeGrom and Syndergaard are the two guys that won't get traded. DeGrom, Syndergaard, obviously the young players like Conforto and Rosario and going Cespedes, those guys, you know, Cespedes being the veteran best hitter on the team, ain't going to go anywhere. But I think the Mets are pretty much open for business everywhere else, and I'll uh, be interested to see what they do. As for the Mets, as I said, so, you know, 11-4 win, they knocked out 20 hits last night. I mean, here's a team that's clearly, you know, 32-41, they're 12 games behind the Nationals, they're 12 behind, or 13, 12 and a half behind the wild card. I mean, it's pretty much almost over. I mean, it is over in my mind. I mean, not mathematically not. But they had 12, yeah, they're 13 and a half out of the wild card, 12 in a loss column. So, Mets, you know, Nationals, nine-game lead over the Braves, 10 and a half over the Marlins, 12 over the Mets, and 19 and a half over the Phillies. But it's really uh, Nationals running away with the division. The Brewers, the surprise of the National League for sure, a game and a half up on, uh, on the Cubs. Uh, Cubs just can't seem to get going. I mean, I'm sure they're eventually going to put it together and probably take over this division, but they're really 37 and 36. They've been struggling. Their starting pitching has been brutal for the Cubs. Pirates, five out. Cardinals, five out. The Reds, eight out. And then you have the Dodgers now have been on fire, nine and one in their last ten. They won eight in a row, the Dodgers. After sweeping the Mets four games, they got a two and a half game lead over the Diamondbacks, who's still playing good eight and two over their last ten. The Rockies are starting. They lost three in a row, so this is where you wonder if the Rockies could keep up this pace. Well, yeah, they've been playing great. I mean, the Diamondbacks are the two wild card teams right now, so we'll see what happens there. And the Padres and the Giants are pretty much done at this point as well. But as we're talking about the Mets, so now comes the question of the Mets. As Alderson said, they're going to start being sellers. So now the question is who they're going to sell off, which players are going to be available. There's been a lot of talk. Obviously, the guys who are potential free agents, the Bruces, the Grandisons, the Dudas, obviously Addison Reed, Cabrera, who yesterday requested a trade because he's unhappy about going a second, which I don't get. I mean, listen, you've been, you've been, the, guy, the guy gets hurt walking to the dugout if anybody ever watches him. And the guy, the guy is always hurt. It's amazing. And then he's going to complain about playing time. I, I, to me, I, I, can't, I can't get that, how anybody can complain about that at that point. But Listen, Mets need to move him. If you don't want to go to second, then goodbye. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell them. They're going to move him anyway, saying that he's not in their plans. You really think you're winning their long-term plans at shortstop? They have Rosario on it. I mean, because a guy considered the top prospect in baseball 
sitting there and you expect them to be the shortstop, come on. The guy should be up now, Rosario. The fact that he ain't up now tells you a lot about the Mets. All right? I mean, it's, I, listen, I, I'm, one, I'm a big Rays guy. I've loved Rays through the years. The Rays is hitting 190. The guy shouldn't be playing shortstop. I mean, Rosario should be up. But, you know, don't, you can't sit here and tell me that Cabrera, who could barely walk to the dugout, is more fit to play shortstop than Reyes defensively. He's not. You know, he's a better hitter than Reyes right now, but he's definitely not more fit defensively than to man the position. I personally don't think uh, – I, I personally don't think it's uh, – I think I, I would move him right away personally. I don't see any reason to hold it on to him. That's just my opinion. So, but the question is, what can the Mets get for these guys? What are they going to get for Cabrera? What are they going to get for Duda? What are they going to get? You know, Bruce, to me, they should get something good for him. I think they'll get something good for Pisa Farid. Listen, you're not getting one of the top five prospects in baseball for any of these guys. But you can get decent prospects and build your farm up that uh, gets a couple of young players. And you never know. Sometimes you get a player that turns into something good. You just never know. But you got to sell these players. You can't go the rest of the year and hold these guys. Right, you can't have guys blocking other guys. Well, Dario has to be up. Smith has to come up. Give these guys the experience now. Get rid of Dudem, pull Smith up. Get rid of Cabrera, call up Rosario. Move Reyes to second or third. Do whatever you got to do for the rest of the year. Get rid of Granderson. You can't. You can't have. You can't be blocking Conforto right now because already Conforto's losing starts because Granderson's starting to hit. It's a joke. Collins. Collins has blind loyalty to these. 210 hitters, it, it's mind-boggling. And to me, the key is going to be they're going to have to move on from Collins as well the next year. You can't come back with this guy again next year. You just can't. There's no reason to. You need to move on and, and turn the page here because it, it's, it's, it's actually mind-numbing to watch this guy manage a game at this point. He's so bad. I know these teams had injuries. Everything can't be blamed, and I don't blame him. Think a lot of blame has to go to Alderson as well. The guy did absolutely nothing in the offseason to improve the team. All he did was sign Cespedes, which obviously was a must, but he did nothing. He left the bullpen the same way, and we see how that's turned out. He got no depth around the team. Injuries start happening. Listen, injuries are part of the game. They had nothing. When the injuries started, they had nothing to put in. They, they they banked on all these guys that were going to have – and listen, everybody thought Lugo – Lugo was back now, but Giselman was going to be – Giselman's falling flat on his face. Harvey's completely falling flat on his face, and now he's hurt again. Wheeler, who was pitching good for most of the year, then got hammered his last two out, and now he's on the DL. Obviously, Max has been on the DL most of the year. Syndergaard, we all know what happened there. I mean, so, listen, the injuries have ravaged this team. Lissette was gone for almost two months. But you know what? Hitting hasn't been this team's problem. They've been scoring runs. The pitching and the release pitching has killed this team this year. And the pitch, starting pitching was supposed to be the strength of this team. But they blew so many games in the last three innings early in the year, and it was because the bullpen was just so terrible. Once Familiar went down, it even I mean, you know the guy was suspended before the year. This is even before he got hurt. You knew the guy was suspended before the year. What the hell would you not go out and make a move for? Did you really think... Obviously, you have Reed you can put in the closer role, but the rest of the bullpen stunk. I mean, Blevins is the only other good, decent reliever on the team. You came out with guys with careers. Sal, you banked on these guys, and, and it's just, it, it, it's amazing. And that's why a lot of the form has to go to Alderson. It all can't go 
two of Collins. But uh, Collins, listen, if anybody watching baseball, if you don't see that Collins is a horrible in-game manager, then you don't know baseball because he's a horrible in-game manager. He has no idea how to move a bullpen. He has a different lineup every night. He's shuffling guys around. He's getting his favorite players in. He's managing the game like he's playing dice baseball as opposed to playing major league baseball. He's playing his favorites across the board, and it's 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 it's, it's tough to watch sometimes. But listen, injuries, and I'm not saying it's, like I said, it's not all his fault. Injuries have hammered this team. There's no doubt about it. How many teams can overcome losing Syndergaard? You know, their top pitcher, their top hitter for two months, their top relief pitcher. Uh, you know, suspended. Now he's out. Who knows when he's coming back and blood clot in his shoulder. And then all the other injuries mixed in there that they had. You know, it, it, it is, it, listen, it's been tough. And now Walker's out. You know, it, it's been tough. But, you know, a lot of needs were addressed. And in addition to the pitching, catch-up. You heard me a whole offseason ranting on here about catching, catching, catching. The fact that they wouldn't go out and sign a Matt Weed so just get anybody. And they, they just keep going to Darno like they got something there. Darno is not a good player. Darno's never going to be a good player. He can't throw out base running. He's supposed to be a hitter. The guy's hitting 220. He's not, he's not a, a great – he's never going to be what they think he's going to be. And that's the problem with this team. They just sit. And to me, it's not that they're so fixated on a player. They just don't want to go spend money. And now this year, there's no excuse. They have all this money coming off the books. This year, they have Grandison's contract gone. They have Duda's contract gone. They're going to have Bruce's contract gone, Reed's contract gone, Walker's off the book, Cabrera is off the book. If they don't go out and add players this offseason, I heard a rumor that they're interested in bringing Bruce back, but only at their terms. Bruce is gone. The Mets are not signing him. He'll price himself out of the Mets. The Mets need to go out and make a couple of good moves. Mets need to add a catcher this offseason. I don't know who's out there, who they could trade for, but they got to go out and get a catcher. And they got to go get a real center field that move Conforto to the other corner. If Conforto and Cespedes is at the corners, they need a real center fielder like a Lorenzo Cain, who's a free agent. That's the type of guy they need. They need a real center fielder who can field. You can't trust. But Garris don't hit enough to be an everyday player. Plus, he guy feels like he breaks his fingers every year. The guy breaks a finger every year. I don't know if anybody notices it. But every year he breaks a finger. So he can't be relied upon, obviously. And he's not a good hitter anyway. He's not enough hitter to play every day. He's a good defensive player, really good defense player when he's at his game. But he's not an every, he's, a, he's a really good, you know, fourth or fifth outfielder, but he's not an everyday player. Go get themselves a real center fielder. Go get themselves a catcher. Put Smith at first. Let Walker go. If you, if you can't get him in a reasonable contract, you can, you can move Flores to second. You can move – you can have Rivera you can put there. You could keep Reyes at second base if you want. I don't care. But you got to put Smith at first. You got to put Rodario at short. And, at the, and then third base becomes another issue. Who's going to play third base? So they need – the Mets need to add players. If they're not going to spend money catcher, they need a catcher, a second or third baseman, and and the center fielder. And they got to be willing to go spend the money to do this. If they can get all their pitching back, they can have Syndergaard healthy with DeGrom. If Harvey can come back, have Matt. These guys can all stay healthy. He had a couple of bullpen arms. And that's, that's ain't far off. And it's not a lot to ask them to sign these players. They have all that money coming off the books. They're not really adding payroll if they sign guys to replace the guys that are leaving. So it's a move that has to be made. We're going to see if they make it. Does anybody have faith in them doing that? No, because it's hard to have faith in a team that money is the reason they don't add good players. So people that say, oh, the Mets spend, they don't spend. They spend on certain things. They don't spend. First of all, they, 
very the worst, un, the most unwise spenders you'll ever find in this world. They never sign the right guy, or the right, they never spend the right amounts for the right guy. They never do. They walk away from the contract that they should give. Like, like uh, you know, listen, I know a lot of people complained about letting Murphy go and all that stuff. And, for, you know, a lot of people at the time didn't want to pay Murphy, so a lot of people can't really say say that, you know, oh, I wanted Murphy, I'm mad he's gone. Most people on here wanted Murphy gone. But when you look at hindsight, you know, by hindsight, we didn't make that decision. He did, and it's a bad decision. Because he's paid Walker $28 million over the last two years, yet Murphy signed three years, $36 million. Now, you know, Murphy broke out in the playoffs that year and obviously carried it over, and now he goes to be a division rival, and he's tearing. First of all, he's at 390 against the Mets in his career, and he's just tearing it up. It, 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 whether you liked it at the time or not, the decision was made, and it's egg and all this in space over that move, a lot of egg. And a lot of the Mets, it's not a lot of, a lot of all the Mets decision makers who decided to pass on Murphy got egg in their face right now. So it'd be interesting to see if the Mets go out and spend this offseason. But a lot has to be on the Mets management and on the manager. Despite the injuries, they still got to take a lot of this heat because they're the ones who put this team together. This team was all hurt last year, and they're all hurt again. So did you think – you actually sat back and said, everybody's going to be healthy next year. Let's just go back. That's bad decision-making, okay? You need to get the right people in here. You need to get players, gamers, guys who could stay on the field. You can't keep throwing this garbage out there every night. You can't. So, and as I said earlier, I think perfect fit here to be the Mets and the Yankees. Obviously, they don't make trades, but Mets and the Yankees could be a fit. The Mets could package Duda and, like, Addison Reed to the Yankees and get, like, a role mine and another decent prospect, that's the type of deal you make because it helps the Yankees now, gives them the first baseman with power they need. It gives them Reed, who the Yankees could definitely use Reed in it. Well, you put Reed with, on the seventh inning with Patantis in the eighth and Chapman in the ninth, I mean, that's, that's as solid as it gets for the, you know, if the Yankees could get that. So I'm sure the Yankees would love to get Reed. You put that in, I mean, and asking Romine, who's a guy who's a good catcher, good defensive catcher, but the Yankees have no use for Romine with Sanchez on the team. So it's a deal that could work. The Yankees, depending on, I mean, obviously the Mets would want something more, and understandably, but it's not going to cost the Yankees one of their best prospects either to get that done. So that, that's something that would work if two teams could come together and make a deal, but again, it's highly unlikely because the Mets and the Yankees just won't make trades. But it's just something to, to think about. But, you know, who else? who else would go for who else would go for? Uh, a dude, who else would want to? Who else? Who's going to want? Boot? I mean, I'm sure plenty of teams would want a power lefty like Boost in their lineup. You know, Grandison. They had some interest in him in the off season. In Team AD in the race, you need the left-handed outfielder. May come to you for Grandison. Walker obviously is hurt now. You ain't getting nothing to him. Cabrera. There's always some, somebody who can use a veteran shortstop that can hit. So the question is, who and what? What can they get for them? Like they said, the Yankees definitely going to be looking, I think, for a first baseman and relief pitching. That's, to me, the Yankees' biggest need. They need, obviously, starting pitching, but I don't see the Yankees going to make a big move for a starter unless somebody really ridiculous becomes available. The only person that could be available who's having a down year is Jose Quintana. And, you know, I'm sure the Yankees are happy they didn't pay the price that they were getting asked for before the season, especially the year Quintana's having. Now, there's no guarantee Quintana would be pitching this bad for the Yankees either if he was there. So, you know, the White Sox, 
the White Sox were asking, I think they were asking him for Frazier and a couple other guys before the year, which, you know what, at the beginning of the year, it looked like a very realistic deal. But the way it's panned out this year, Yankees should be happy they didn't make that trade. Now, there's free agents in the offseason like Arietta are out there, so you could see the Yankees maybe going after somebody like that. They're going to have decisions on their own players. Is Tanaka going to opt out, which most likely he is. Do they pay him? Obviously, Pineda's a free agent. You're going to pay Pineda the big money he's going to want. So, Matthew's contract's up there after this year. Obviously, Severino cemented himself you know, in, in, the, in the staff. So, the Yankees have some young arms ready. But I... They're going to need a – the Yankees definitely need one, probably two starters, especially if Tanaka walks. Obviously, Tanaka hasn't been a big starter this year anyway, but Tanaka is a guy that, you know, Yankees expected to be their ace. I mean, he's been their ace for the last couple of years pretty much. So he's been a big, big major disappointment for them this year. So they're going to need something. They, that's going to be a big decision with what he does in the offseason for the Yankees and uh, to see where they're going to go from there. But I personally think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees go out there and make a big move. If they keep, if this race stays close at the end of the next month, by the end of July, if the right pitcher becomes available, you know, it's talking like a Garrett Cole. Obviously, a Garrett Cole is going to cost you a big prospect. You know, what happens if Chris Archer becomes available? Right now, the Tampa Bay is two and a half out. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Yankee fan who was saying he'd give Torres for Archer right now, even before the injury, but especially now. Tampa Bay would probably really have to consider that deal because Archer, like, probably like two years from free agency, they're not – at some point, Archer's going to get traded. It's probably – you know, as long as they're in the race this year, they're not going to trade Archer, but at some point, Archer is going to get dealt. It's just a question of, you know, which team – obviously, last year, the Dodgers were very much in the mix, and I'm sure the Dodgers did – happy they didn't make the deal that was talked last year because Bellinger was the guy Tampa Bay was asking for. And we all see what Bellinger is doing for the Dodgers this year. So it'll be interesting to see who becomes available. Obviously, like I said, Tampa Bay's two and a half games out, so I don't see Archer going anywhere. But Cole's another guy. Pittsburgh, I'm sure they're going to ask a lot for Garrett Cole. If they, if they want to move Garrett Cole, you, you got to expect they're going to ask a lot for him. So it's it's going to be really interesting coming around the trade deadline, what these teams are going to do, what's, what are they thinking, and, uh, you know, which which guys are they willing to move, you know, and for what price. So to me, I think the Yankees will play it smart. I don't think they're going to deplete themselves. I think they're sticking to their plan. But, you know, a lot when you get into late July and you're in the race, you also got to – you know, at some point you have to make that decision to say, you know what, maybe we've got to go for it. And especially the Yankees, we all know are about championships. So they're a team, unlike the Mets, that you know will go out and do the right thing when needed to go get the right player. So it's going to be great, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting trade that one year. Because here, on one end, you're going to have the Yankees probably buying – and the Mets selling. And going into the season, I bet you anybody in their mind would have thought it would have been the opposite way. You'd think the Mets are buying and the Yankees would be selling. Because the Yankees, obviously, with all the young talent they have, everybody figured they're a year or two away, and they still might be. Obviously, they're starting to come back down to the you know earth now, and it was expected. I'm sure most Yankee fans expected this. Not many Yankee fans expected to even be the position they are right now. So they're ahead of schedule right now, the Yankees. But now they're coming back down to the pack, and 
you know, the lack of pitching is starting to catch up with them right now. And, you know, now first base is becoming an issue for them as well. So, and obviously Torres' injury kind of slows up the third base thing now. It's like, what do you do with Headley? I mean, now, you know, you're going to ride Headley out most likely. So we're going to see what happens there. Hey, we're going to hit the phone lines. They're going to call right now. Oh, you're on the Mojo Sports Show. Hey, Mojo, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Padman? What's going on, my man? Good morning. I have to say I had a a, a lot of uh, trouble logging into your show today. Dr. Ray actually really? walked me through it. So I kept getting a, a, a message on my phone that said, oops, and it said the, 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 the radio host has not logged in. So oh, that's I'm not weird. sure if it's, it's something in my area or not, but I tried. From about five after nine, it was pretty frustrating. So I couldn't listen to the show, and and I couldn't call you because I couldn't. I don't have the number to you know just the number. I usually just click on the link you send. So whatever, it doesn't really matter. But what happened to my music? I don't understand that. After after four or five weeks of non non contact, that's not showing a lot of respect. <laughs> Say I made it up to you. Okay, we'll restart. Good morning, Mr. Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I've been uh, ranting about, you know, I've been doing baseball in the first hour. I've been doing a lot of Mets and Yankees. And, uh, you know, I've been talking about just now how, like, obviously the Mets, you know, at this point they're probably, you know, they're going to be sellers and, like, they're going to have to start trading off these guys in their last year, their deals. You know, Cabrera came out last night. He's unhappy. He requested a trade. And, you know, it's time to start selling pieces at this point. And, you know, these, these guys, you know, the Bruces, the Grandisons, the Cabreras, the Dudas, the Reeds, they're going to all have to get moved. you got to get some. You got to get something to these guys. Cabrera had the nerve to say he wants to trade? Yeah. Let me tell you, I think we should ask for our money back. Because he didn't fulfill his contract. He's a broken-down bum. That, that, that it used to be reliable. First of all, there's no range, and now he's not even reliable when the ball gets hit to him. And he has a nerve to say he wants to trade? Really? All of these guys are underperforming. They don't have a right to say they, 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 they want to trade. None of them, except for maybe Cespedes, um, is, is living up to their contract in any way. That's nerve. Yes, yeah, I, I mean... A guy who can't even walk to the dugout without getting hurt is complaining about playing time. It's almost comical at this point. I mean, really? Well, look, I don't really want to talk about the Mets because it, it, it just, it, it's such a travesty. And I think you, I have to give you credit. You, you said it a while ago, and I took a while to admit it. Collins lost the team along the way. Whatever happened, you know, he, he kept them together the last couple of years with injuries. 
he lost the team. I mean, you could see it in the body language. You could see it in every aspect of the game. His decisions are questioned, probably not just by us and 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 and, and the other media folks, but by everybody. He's just not giving the message. So I don't know. You want to? I guess the right move is to just ride it out this year because who cares? But but in reality, but in reality, um. You know, he, he, you know, he, he's a lame duck, and he's not coming back from that. And he'll, he'll retire, and, you know, it, it's just a shame. What does he have the most wins as a Met manager? I mean, it's just ridiculous. But Imagine imagine, imagine letting a guy get the most wins as your manager that can't, that has a losing record. It's unbelievable. And, and then <laughs> win a World Series. But, but what I want to talk to you about today really quickly, because I have a, a event to go to, is – uh, my wife took me on for our 20th anniversary when I played in Colons. And and I have to say, anybody that's a baseball fan, and even if you're not a huge fan, I'm I'm a very big fan. It's probably my favorite sport. Uh, not probably, it is. Um, it's really, the town is just so nice. It's not like you're submerged and everything is baseball. So wives or friends, you know, you, know, you, you can bring them as well. Kids, it's not, you know, it's not like twenty four seven baseball. That's all you're gonna do, really. The baseball aspect of it, you could, you could, you could be in the Hall of Fame, you know, as long as you want. Probably from an hour and a half to to my, you know, three plus hours. Um, you know, the the town is wonderful, and there's some memorabilia there. But there's a lot of things to do around around the area. There's a winery within ten minutes from there. There's a brew uh, brewery. Um, there's a farmer's market. There's, you know, it's just an unbelievable place. And the thing that most impressed me, I went back when I was 10 years old, so that's quite a number of years ago. And, and I went and I went again when, about 13 years ago. And it's literally like a different place. It's changed so much. It became so interactive. It, it became so um, family-friendly and kid-friendly. And it really gives a lot, uh, probably a little bit away from my age, and more towards the younger people, which I, I'm kind of fine with, but it's a very electronic and heavy. Um, it's very uh, computer friendly. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of stuff about guys today. It's a great, uh, um, you know, has a great timeline when you walk through it of the history of, of this wonderful game. And, you know, they even mentioned, which, which I was surprised, they mentioned the steroid era. And they have a whole, you know, kind of display case um, depicting it and speaking about it. I thought I always thought, you know, it was a black eye of baseball, and you'd never see it in the, in, in the Hall of Fame, but, but it's right there. You know, and, and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are front and center. So really, really is a wonderful place to see. You know, the, the food is fine around there. It's not tremendous pricing. You can go there for pretty cheap if you wanted to. So really, today's discussion is all about um, – a nice family weekend. I mean, I wouldn't recommend more than staying two days there because it's, you know, it's kind of a slow down. Everything rolls up at eight, nine o'clock. You know, it, it, it's very laid back. It's not a tremendous amount to do, but, you know, but, but it's, but it's enough for two days. And, and I think it's fantastic. You ever been most yeah, no, it's, it's funny how you say, uh, you know, they, they reference the, you know, the steroids, like they have something for the Maguire Sosa home run. They have something for Pete Rose, right? But these guys, yeah, they ain't even in yeah, the Hall of Fame, right? I think I sent you the picture. They have, like, chronologically, they recognize 
well, they recognized that there was a steroid era. They recognized that these guys broke all kinds of records. They also recognized that they cheated. You know, so, I mean, I mean, kind of. They don't actually say it, but they kind of say it. You know, because remember, at the time when Sosa and Maguire did it, it, wasn't Ill- it was a legal substance, but it wasn't illegal in baseball. It wasn't on the banned list. So, you know, they kind of go around that. They also, chronologically, they, they actually say it, and it's true, and they should, but I just didn't think they did. Pete Rose had more hits than everybody. It, it thought he was blackballed from Cooperstown and baseball, period, like like he didn't exist. But it's not true. I mean, there's a museum piece, which is what I'm speaking about, and then it's the hall, which is um, uh, the plaques of the uh, of the players. So, yeah. you know, when, when you break it down that way, they should mention him because he's a big part of the game. They should mention McGuire and Sosa, which they do. But but I think it's incredible um, that 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 these guys are part of our culture. It's a black eye for baseball, and they are in the Hall of Fame. Another stat you, your listeners might might find curious is <clears throat> so there's 300. I think there's 324 people in the Hall of Fame, but that it could be coaches, some uh, 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 owners of teams that had you know impacted baseball positively. But there's only 212 players, 212 players in the Hall of Fame. Every year in baseball, almost 900 players that play on a major league team that potentially could qualify to be in the Hall of Fame. It's been existing. Right? It's been existence for 87 years. So 900 people every year to qualify for the Hall of Fame. It's been existing 85 years, and there's only 212. I mean, it really is the most, statistically, it's the most exclusive Hall of Fame there is. And and I know, and and I have to jump, but, but, uh, you know, we should probably, you know, you you should probably think of hosting something, maybe closer to Hall of Fame. You know, I remember growing up, and I remember the last 10 years, folks are getting elected to the Hall of Fame, and I'm like, are you kidding me? He stunk. I seen him. He couldn't hit the ball out of a bag, and. You know, he couldn't catch a fly ball, you know, because I think our standards, the way we think about it, unless we're fans of the individual players, we remember their faults. You know, we, yeah. we, remember, their, we, 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 we remember their failures, you know. But I tell you, I'm a big, as you know, big Mike Piazza fan. I don't remember he struck out three times in a game, four times a game, but I'm sure he did. I only remember the moments. And it's a game where, offensively, if you fail 70% of the time, you're an elite player. Seventy. What other sport can you fail 70% of the time and be an elite <laughs> and be player? A top probably, player, exactly. Probably going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, it shows you how difficult the game is. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Absolutely. And, uh, you know... I do appreciate the little gifts you sent me too from the Hall of Fame, the little cards of the players I liked from the whole, that you got in the Hall of Fame as well. There's George Brett, the Pedro Martinez, the Piazza one. Well, you know what's funny? And I'll leave you with this because I have to I have to be somewhere at ten. But and I'm sorry for cutting you short. I really had a problem logging into that. Um, Did Alan have a problem? Or Alan got right in. Well, I, I, I talked to Alan earlier to give me the number and the link, like, you know, a while ago, and he said, 
he didn't have a problem. So I don't, I'm not really sure. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's been I've been I've been on since nine. Yes, I, I don't know, and it showed you the whole season on. So I didn't want to bother you. I texted him and I said, "Is, is Anthony on?" He's like, "Hey, talking to Mets," and I was like, "I can't get nothing." But anyway, um, the thing interesting today, and and I'm I'm in my mid to upper forties. Um, when I went to the Hall of Fame last time, I was 33 years old, and a lot of the players that were in the Hall of Fame, majority, I really didn't see them play. The fantastic things for guys that are a little bit older, say my age or older, a little younger, whatever, like Anthony, is you're going to see the players that you've seen play in the 80s and 90s. You have, you have, let's say, skin in the game. You have something to uh, to 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 kind of link yourself with them, and that's to me. You know the the wonderful thing about the Hall of Fame—they kind of catered to the young kids. But as an older person, you remember these guys playing. You know, they also had—I I, I tell you—two things that really impressed me. That thing, uh, a whole section on the Negro League, and and what some of those guys went through, and and what they didn't get paid, and the not getting recognition. And some of them were, were fantastic ball players. You know, and then they had a section on uh, women in baseball. <laughs> We all know that the movie League of Their Own. Um, yeah. But, but 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 it goes into, you know, great detail on how that league was formed and how really it was like a publicity stunt seeing ladies, you know, in skirts kind of playing playing the game. But the thing I was impressed with, that they interviewed some of the ladies, and, and really they were just competitors. They, they, they were probably better than me or you in our prime. I mean, these, these girls play ball. I mean, at a pretty high level, you know, um, which is incredible. They even had uh, one one woman they interviewed, which I thought was very interesting, and I forget who she played for, but she – so the minor leagues are considered professional ball because you're getting paid for it. Well, she um, is the first and only woman to get a win a win in uh, minor league baseball. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I know that's so, yeah, that, that's – it's so she actually pursued, pursued her dreams <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, all the way through to fruition. So, you know. It's amazing the stats you can that. learn by going to the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I mean, it, it, your, your, your younger son's maybe a little bit too young, but in a, in a year or two, I think it's fantastic. And the reason I say that is because he'll go in there and he'll probably love poor parts of it. And the parts you love, he's not going to love. And being a good dad, yeah. you're not going to enjoy the parts that you might like. You're just gonna you're gonna probably buzz through in an hour and a half. You're gonna you're gonna finish and leave and say, "Geez, I didn't see this. I didn't see that. I didn't see this. I didn't see that." Where it was perfect for me because only me and my wife. So we literally took our time. I read everything I wanted. I seen the videos I wanted. I you know I I did you know I I, I you know I, I was able to. Uh, to really enjoy the hall for for what the hall was, you know. So it was great. We even seen a a, a couple of innings at a game at Double Day Field, so it was fantastic. And Doctor A is um, on soon now. What's up, Doctor A? Hey, hey, Mel Joy, Steve. Thank you for getting me on. Look, guys, I have to bolt. Um, I have a, a thing in ten minutes from now. Uh, I will see you. Have a good Saturday, and if I can listen, I will listen. All right, man. Have a good one. Enjoy okay. your day. Bye, guys. Bad man from Jersey. What's up, Alan? What's going on? Hey, sounds like he had a, a really good time at the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. And you, you can yeah, kind of yeah. see why, for a Met fan, visiting that, reminding you, you know, what a great game baseball is, yeah. uh, it's, it's a good year. <laughs> it's a good year to do it because 
you know, from watching a Met game itself, exclusive of last night's game, just watching the Mets in general, it's hard. It's, yeah, they drive they drive you to drink. I mean, yeah, and from your last show, like it's been a disappointing season, and then they go to L.A. Just between the Nats and L.A., it's just like, what the hell happened? You can lose yeah. games and have the same results, but that Dodgers series was just like a pounding. No, they, they, didn't about just they got like so. They got blown out every night. It wasn't even like blown out. Was, they were like bad football scores. It's a, a a decent team that shouldn't happen to. They've quit. That's all I, I could think in my head. And then the whole Cabrera incident that came up. Uh, would that have happened a year ago? I think the players would have had a different two years ago. So the players would have had a different attitude. Just give me some playing time. I'll do any position. You know, that's what you kind of want to hear from a motivated team. <laughs> You know, if it's yeah. better for me to move to second and, and bring up the shortstop, you know, I'll do it. You know, Walker's not playing right now. Instead, it's like, trade me if I can't be a shortstop. I, yeah. Has he earned that merit this season? For, for You know, for what he did in the past, but this season. He, exactly. He, I mean, you Boston know. injured. He should be happy to be in a lineup in any capacity. He can't uh, hit righty anymore without hurting his hand. He didn't put up great numbers, and the team's way out of first in the wild card contention at this point. It's like, Cabrera, what are you thinking? If he just wants off the team, that's probably not just his sentiment, and that that probably runs deeper with his teammates if they understand. If that doesn't rattle the team and they understand, he's not the only one. Like something's gone wrong in this clubhouse. Something's clearly gone wrong. Yeah, so when you hear, oh, you know, his teammates understand and, and you think it's good, I stepped back and I was like, guys, no, it's not good. The, the team should want, not want that kind of response from a player. You know, the, the, you're in a race, you're, you're fighting, they're not in a race anymore, but you're a team. So so I would say Colin's view of, oh, we got a veteran team and I kind of let them self-manage and it's blown up. What do you do yeah. when your veteran is saying trade me? Yeah, and now, now, you, now, you, that, now you lose trade value too. Now, like everybody knows, you're going to get traded, and you know, just wait for that. So now, like teams ain't going to give you what you thought you were going to get, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I I I could understand his frustration a little, and if Rosario, if he keeps hearing that name, and he's like, why'd you sign me? You know what I'm saying? Why'd you bring yeah. him back if there wasn't a spot for him? And on that point by itself, uh, he's right. They shouldn't have signed him, and Rosario should have been the shortstop. And so I don't know what the Mets were thinking in that case. You know, Rosario it's needed hard, another it's year. Think, it's hard to understand what they're thinking at any point. I mean, you know, they yeah. make so and many this is even a case. You can't, even keep, you can't even keep up with the decisions. They're so bad. They are. Wouldn't Rosario have been cheaper than Cabrera? Yeah, it's, yeah. He'd be making, you know, he'd be making the league minimum, the rookie contract, you know. Exactly. So this I mean, is a cheap the, team. Cabrera's making what eight, nine million a year. Right. So you would think the cheap team would have let go of Cabrera and brought up Rosario, whether he was exactly ready or not. Thinking well, he's well, that's be the, the thing is they won't let him go because they still got to pay him. So yeah, and the Mets won't just eat money. That's the issue. They won't eat any money. The Mets won't eat a dime. 
Never mind nine million dollars. Mm. Hey, Alan, I got a. So I got I got um, uh, in ten minutes. I got a, the guy from the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers coming on, but I have a few callers on okay. hold to talk baseball. So I'm going to take them while you're on the line. So we'll take the calls together. The press and the baseball calls. All right. Sure, guys. Let's see what's going. Let's see what's going on. This is Fody from Pinebush. Hi. What's going on, Fody? Uh, I you want to talk Mets. I got I got Alan's on with me too from the Met Round. I know. I heard. Hi, Alan. Hi, Tony. I just I just got up and um, I watched the game. Well, I watched some of the game, then I fell asleep, so I don't even know how it ended. But I saw the exciting second inning. And um, yeah, a rare exciting inning for the Mets, right? Yeah, very. I mean, (laughs) I felt like they finally woke up. Say the truth, because I hey, haven't it, really it, been watching them because they're so bad. Hey, uh, it, it, takes uh, them, it takes them. It takes them playing the team even worse than them, the Giants. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured they were a bad team, especially in the second inning. But I was glad to see Cespedes back because I really haven't been watching it, the game. And um, yeah, yeah, they went crazy in the second inning. I just don't know how the game ended because I fell asleep. Yeah. What was the score? Yeah, no, they won eleven four. They had twenty hits. So oh my god! It was a good night all around, but it was you know they got twenty hits last night, and tonight they'll probably get like three. No, so. don't say that. Let's not jinx it. <laughs> it's the Mets. I know, but you know what? This is how they've always played, even in the sixties. They either come from behind and win, or they're winning and then they lose in the last eighth or ninth inning. Or they go into twenty innings of play and they'll win. Yeah, yeah. So they it's they, 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 twenty innings. Yeah, they're nail biting team, and and you know what? They um, I forgot what I wanted to tell you. Oh, they always come seem to come back. <laughs> they start out bad, and they always seem to come back, like try to catch up in July. Like it's almost July, so like maybe they're trying to get back into the spotlight again because. I know me personally, I love the Mets, but I get so annoyed with them sometimes. I want to break the screen. I know why your father wanted to do that a few times. <laughs> but uh, it, they're a nerve-wracking team to watch. I think that's why I like them. Well, unfortunately, but, this year they're just not a good team right now. So this year is almost this year is just about over for them. Unfortunately, you think so? Yeah, they're twelve they're twelve games out of first place. So it's over. Trust me, they're not. Mets aren't winning nothing this year. Really? This ain't the '69 Miracle Mets. <laughs> oh yeah, the Miracle Mets and the Amazing Mets. Yeah, I know them all. So this, what are we going to say about this team? The, if they would ever make the playoffs this year, it truly would be a miracle. What you think, Alan? <laughs> uh, it would be a miracle, but I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I'm with you on. I think it's they more likely to Well, you know what? I'm not going to give hope on up on them. I'm going to, you know, they're in 12th place now, but I don't know. Hopefully they'll do so. If they stay good, everybody gets injured on their team. I don't understand it. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. when is uh, their pitches coming back? <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're not coming well, back for the whole season? Syndergaard might not come back, and Harvey, who knows when he's coming back, and you know, familiar. We don't know when he's coming back, so it's not looking good. They're 12 games out. They 
they're gonna. I think it's more likely they're gonna start waving a white flag and start trading guys soon. Yeah, well, I I don't think Harvey's gonna come back either. I don't think Harvey should come back because I. Uh, he hasn't been the I same. I saw one game that he did years. when he came back a few uh, weeks ago before he went out again, and he looked yeah. better than he looked last year. Like even health wise, like in his face and everything, he looked better. But then he, I don't know. Harvey well, I'm not giving up on them. Harvey hasn't looked the same since he walked off the mound in that game five of the World Series. He's never looked the same since that night. Yeah. Well, I know last year he looked horrible. Like, just to look at him, you knew something was wrong with him. You know, not... not hey, we're, also, um, we're also joined by Christine from Pine Bush. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. Hi, Christine. Hi, Mother. I just got, got the Pine Bush crew, the mother-daughter on here. Yeah, hey, and brother, here. son, and brother, yeah. son. Yeah. Family uh, first, I wanted to say a big, I want to give a big shout out to my nephew Michael on his 21st yeah. birthday. I love him, and I'm sorry I couldn't make it, but I hope he's having a great, great time with you guys. And same here, yeah, Michael. Have, yeah. I miss you. We had fun. Yeah, we went him last night. He's, he's working now, so after the show, like at 12 o'clock, we're going to go meet up with him again, and we're going to go. You know, now, let him know stuff. we love him very much, and I can't wait I to will. see him and and give him a big hug and a big gift from me. <laughs> I will. May, may, maybe next time you just go up, I'll come and just. Oh, we're definitely going over the summer. We'll yeah, meet up yeah. With him. We'll go to Ocean City or something. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, back to baseball. So, you know, my Yankees aren't doing much better, you know. Why? I mean, they're, uh, they're giving me Ajita. All right, but they're still giving me Ajita. They were like freaking four, four games above uh, ahead of Boston, and now they're tied with them. It's just nerve-wracking. Like I said before on the show, Listen, Yankees already have exceeded expectations this year. Nobody expected the Yankees to be this good this year. They've already exceeded expectations. So anything, you know, they do is a plus. They're ahead of schedule on their rebuild. And, you know, they just need they need pitching, the Yankees. They need starting pitching. But that's every single year they need pitching. Like, don't they get it? Stop getting outfielders and – you know, star DHs. We don't need that. We need pitching every freaking year, and every year it's a disaster. We say this every year, and it never happens. Yeah, well, they're going to have to get some eventually. By next year, they're going to have to make some moves to get some pitching. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it's so their team, their pitching staff is so unreliable. You never know what kind of day they're going to have. We and, should you know, send you, you out you, you, scouting, Chris. Yeah, you should. We should. I would love to. Right? You should be looking at losing Tanaka and Pineda after this year, too. So they're, they're definitely going to need to do something. Listen, if they replace them with someone that's worthy, I would be fine with that. I would. I'd be fine with that. And honestly, T- Pineda has been having better um, outings than Tanaka, so... Yeah, no, Tanaka had a disappointment this year, but Tanaka was expected to be their best pitcher, right? So, right. So it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's been kind of tough for them. But listen, they're tied for first. They're struggling right now, but they got a nice win last night. 
and now you just got to hope they keep it going, you know. You got to yeah. get another streak going. But overall, I mean, they're in the race. That's all matters. And they're not slowed out like the Mets. No, I mean, they've been playing really good. And, you know, I don't know, like you said, I don't even know why. Not that he's a bad player, Romine. He's okay, you know, when needed to give um, Sanchez a break. But Sanchez should be in every game, my opinion. You've got to get rest as a catcher. A catcher can't play every single day. He can't. Right, but there's certain days where – he don't play him in a row a few days, and that bothers me. Yeah, well, that that yeah, that he shouldn't sit out more than one game. I brought up you know, trade before, and I don't know if you heard on the show. I said the Mets should trade the Yankees' Duda for Romine. It makes perfect sense. The Yankees need a first baseman. They get a lefty power bat at Yankee Stadium. It's a perfect fit for their stadium, and the Mets get the catcher that they need. It's a perfect fit. Yeah, well. So. The problem is they need someone else, then they need another catcher. Yeah, well, that's the question of what. Well, they got they need a backup catcher then. I mean, they they have right. Their starting they need them, a backup so. catcher, but like you, you said, get, you, you can't play him every game. Baseman. You get a starting first baseman with power that you need, and then you know, and then you, and then that's you know that's where you go, you know. So, so that that's what they got to look at. They got that that's what they should be. Uh, Looking to do, but we'll see. The Yankees are going to do something at the deadline, I'm sure. So it's just a question of who they trade and what do they trade for. Are they going to get a pitcher? Or are they going to get a first baseman? Those are really the positions they need for them right now. Do they try to strengthen the bullpen? Because Clippin's been terrible for them. So do they try to get a seventh inning guy to go be, go in front of Patances and uh, Chapman? So that's that's the other thing they got to think about. When when are the you Mets know. and Yankees going to play a game together? August. August? They played oh, four straight games we... in August. Yeah, we should try and see if we could get tickets and we will go together. I would, would love to. Me, me and little Anthony are going. Yeah. Me and Michael bought him tickets for the Burgers first. Yeah. I'm trying to get, we, me and Michael were trying to get two extras so we could come with you, but. For the Yankees and the Mets? The yeah. Yankees in the Mets. We got them for Anthony for his birthday, me and Michael. Oh, that was a nice gift. We should try and see if we could get well, tickets. We, that would be an exciting game. Yeah, that would the, be uh, Mets and the Yankees. Okay, guys. I'm going right, to have my guys, coffee now. All right. Have, have a, a nice weekend, everyone. I'll, I'll see you all Hi, guys. little Ann. I'll see the week. Okay. All right. Say hi to Mike for me. Give Mike a, a hug. Okay, okay yeah, don't forget to tell Michael happy birthday, okay? I will. His birthday was two All weeks right. ago, but I'll tell him. I know, but I mean, like, you know, yeah. we couldn't be there. To, we wanted to come no, this I weekend. Know. I know. Okay. All right. Nice Thank talking. You. I'll tell Mets with you. Bye. Okay. Definitely. Bye. Good talking, Bye. Alan. Alan, thanks for calling in, Alan. You got I'll it, Mojo. You, I'll talk to you during the week. Thanks as always. All right. Yep. All right. So it was, we had Padman and Allen from the Met Roundtable on, and we had Fody and Christine from Pinebush calling in talking Mets Yankees. Good conversation, good baseball conversation. And uh, as always with them, so it's always good talking baseball with them. And now we're going to move on to the NBA. As the NBA draft happened this week, some trades happened, and we got our very own 
Big Daddy from the Philadelphia 76ers. What's going on, Big Daddy? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How's it going today? I can't complain. Can't complain. Another day in paradise. You know how it is. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Doing, uh, you know, doing it, just doing, going through all the sports. You know, we did some baseball. Now, obviously, basketball has been a big week in basketball. And, uh, you know, the NBA draft. And, uh, obviously, big big week for the 76ers. Obviously, getting Markel Fultz. I'm sure you're happy about that one. So how do you feel? One yeah. about the pick and about the trade to get the pick. How do you feel about all that? I just hope that it all pans out. Uh, we aggressively um, traded up to get Markel folks, and he had a decent workout. And I know uh, Embiid, Simmons, and Dario were really big on him, as well as, you know, Brian Colangelo and uh, Brent Brown. They were really big on his workout and big on his abilities. So hopefully, because he was, you know, number one pick there, hopefully he pans out the way we need him to. It's just with me, and you know I'm a optim, you know I'm a positive person and everything. But if you look at his record as far as that one year he was in college, Washington only won eight games last year and didn't make it into the tournament. So yeah, the second year where we had a number one pick with a kid that did that team didn't make it into the um, NCAA tournament at all because you know Ben Simmons played for LSU and his team didn't make it either. So I'm just curious um, how good his game is. You know, it's one thing to play a couple of games in college and then, you know, jump into the NBA. But they said that his motor skills is good. They compared him to uh, Brian Westbrook. I'm sorry. Russ, yeah, Brian Russell Westbrook, Westbrook. I'm sorry. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Russell yeah. Westbrook. So um, we'll We're see. We're Brian with the running back and the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. I get that mixed up a lot, <laughs> my fault. But, um, yeah, no, Russell not, Westbrook. Yeah, no, yeah. Listen, I, from what I've watched him play, and I, I love his game, folks. I think he's going to be a big-time player. I think his quickness to the rim, he's got amazing quickness and, and moves to the rim. And, you know, he kind of has a herky-jerky style of basketball. And uh, I, know, I think, to me, he was clearly the best player in the draft. So, you know, I think it was a great move for them personally. But, obviously, I think yes. you said – know until they actually play how they how it's all going to pan out right so but you know they gave up so they swapped the ones obviously with Boston and they gave up a future one which could be the Lakers next year if it's from two to five right and if not it would be the following year Sacramento or uh who's it Sacramento or uh oh. yeah they got a choice right the following year yeah, the, 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 it's kind of confusing how that was going to work out. But um, I know we, we were going to have two next first-round picks next year, but one was protected. So I guess is where we fall as far as the Lakers fall or whatever. And, but the Sacramento pick, they're going to get that pick because Sacramento is going to stink, let's be honest. So, the, but that um, pick won't be until 19, not next year, right? Next year it's yeah. only the Lakers pick. And I don't think the Lakers yeah, are yeah. going to be one of the five worst teams next year. So I don't think that pick's going to go next year. As much as um, Ball's father said that he was, uh, he predicted that his son was going to lead his team to lead the Lakers to the playoffs <laughs> his first year out. Well, I think, that's I think a they're not going to be that good. 
I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. No, I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but I, I think they could be better than the worst five teams in the league. Yeah, especially if they make a, if they swing a deal for Paul George, which they're trying to do. Yeah, they're really aggressively trying to get Paul George in L.A. And um, if I was Indiana, I'd go ahead and pull the gun on that because he's going to go regardless. He wants to get something for him. Exactly. But, um, yeah, if uh, Paul George goes to uh, the Lakers, yeah, they're going to be – because you know they're out west, and the west is very tight. And with um, Minnesota getting Jimmy Butler yesterday, it's like the west is going to be really tight. And it's going to be hard for the Lakers to – you know, be that good, but we'll see where they fall at, and we'll see what happens next year, but as far as this year, you know, being a Sixers fan, and um, just, because I was at the Sixers draft party, and... Yes, I've seen, I've seen it, you are, I've seen the pictures you put up. Yeah, it was, it was amazing, and it felt good having that many people, it had been like four to 5,000 people all jammed in there. Everybody dressed in Sixers gear. Everybody cheering and you know really excited, and it felt good. It felt really good. It, it, it's like uh, Philadelphia basketball is coming back to what it used to be. So trust yeah, the I mean, process. Look, I mean, you look at the team. Yeah, you look at the team. I mean, you got Fultz, you got Simmons, you got Embiid, you got Sarich. I mean, things are looking really bright there. You still got Okafor there. I mean, the things are looking bright there, you know, for the Sixers. Even, yeah, even we, we still got Cub. We're, um, yeah, still got, you uh, got a nice bench uh, as well. What did you say? I said they got a very a good bench, Philly, a decent bench as well. Yes, the bench is going to be really good. Like, you still got T.J. McConnell. Like, we still got people who, who can, you know, fill in the, the, the gaps where we're going to need to fill. The only thing I think we're missing is a really good shooting guard, like a really good like three-point shooter that can, you know, you can kick him out, kick it out to him, and he can light it up behind, you know, the three-point line, which, you know, we're working on that now because I heard a little bit of rumbling that we might sign J.J. Ruddick. So we do that. That would be really good. That would be really good. Him or Kyle Corpa would be a nice so He bit. can knock it down. What would you say? I'm sorry. Him or a Kyle Corvo would be a nice fit for them. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice to and see I Corvo like, come back. I like the guy they drafted, too. I like Sterling Brown. I think he's a decent two-guard, too, they, that they drafted in the second round. Yeah, I like him, and I like the guy we traded We traded picks for, and we, we got him at the 25th pick, uh, the foreign guy. I forget his name right now. Uh, yeah, Pat, his Pat first- Technic. Yeah, Pat Seknik, yeah. the form the center, yeah. And I was watching his workouts. I'm like, he could be the next Przingis. Like yeah. Like in a year or two. He's tall. He's 7'2". He shoots well. He moves really well. It's like, wow, like we really roughed up. And even a lot of the analysts are saying that we had a very good draft. Yeah, no, I think the Sixers, and from, like you said, from a lot of the analysts that are predicting, the Sixers have one of the better drafts in the league, got the top three drafts in the league. For sure. Yes. Yes. And the funny thing about it is we ran Sam Hinkie out of town, but Sam Hinkie really set all this up. So Yeah. Trust the process, process right? Trust the process. <laughs> I tell you, as the Sixers could surprise a lot of people if they stay healthy this year. If they can keep these guys on the field, on the court, you know, they the Sixers the Sixers are gonna be a good team this year. 
I, I'm telling you, I think Fultz is a game changer. I think he could be. Uh, I think he could be the guy that takes them really. Takes them. Listen, last year they struggled most of the year, but in January they had what they win ten, eleven games in January. They really yeah. showed that they had. And then Emblick got hurt right after that, so they really yeah. showed that they could. They have potential, and they didn't have Simmons last year, so they're gonna have Fultz and Simmons this year, and some of these new pieces that they drafted. So. I tell you, I think the Sixers could be a team to watch, especially in the East. You know, the East, you've got some of the better teams in the East now maybe that have started to rebuild, like the Hawks who traded Dwight Howard for a bag of balls the other day. You know, and they're probably going to lose Millsap, and, you know, they've been in the playoffs every year. So they're a team that might be going the other direction to rebuild. And a couple other teams, I'm sure, you know, the Bulls and other teams, you know, the Bulls are going to be in rebuild mode as well. So spots open to get in the playoffs in the East this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can slide in the playoffs at the eighth or seventh seed. It's just like you said, in one, Indiana's going not going to be as good. Chicago's yeah. not going to be as good. Um, Atlanta pretty much took their team apart, and you know Millsap's going to leave. Dwight Howard, I couldn't believe they traded him. I was like, oh, wow. I was very, as a Hawks fan, I was very disappointed in that trade. I. It's not so much, listen, if you want to clear cap space, that's one thing, but they took on Plumlee's three-year, $35 million deal, and they gave up a better second-round pick. The deal made no sense. Now I'm hearing rumors that they just wanted Howard out of the locker room because him and Schroeder weren't getting along or something. I don't know. But it, it, it's a, it's a head-scratching trade. So if you look at it on paper, you're like, what the hell are they thinking? You know, that's, it, it's, it's kind of like one of those deals. Only thing I can say about Dwight Howard, because I've like um, been in his presence, and we, and, you know, uh, pass each other here and there when he comes down to the well, is he is a little bit of a he doesn't take basketball but so seriously. He's kind of a jokester. Like he can like he's just pretty much nonchalant. Like he can give a you know he can care less type of attitude. So maybe that's what they wanted to get out of their locker room. Like they wanted to get somebody who was really looking to win. Because I think Dwight Howard, yeah. after um, he left Houston, he was just like, what do you care? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then he went back home to Atlanta, and it seemed like he was very happy being back home and all that. Like, he looked blindsided in, in, from the trade. He, he was, like, blindsided. He wasn't expecting it. And yeah, it was kind yeah. of puzzling, especially, like, the way they run their offense. They run a, more of a spread offense with shooters. And he in the fourth quarter of games, even in the game they got eliminated against Washington in the playoffs, he wasn't even on the court. And it was kind nope. of mind-boggling to me watching it. But I guess, you know, if you don't fit a certain system, you don't fit a certain system, right? And just think, so, a couple of years, was, he was a high, you know, a high, like, um, his, his, his quality yeah. of his game was really there. And he was really like that guy that, you know, was a um, free agent that people wanted. Now, you know, anybody would have wanted him, right? Yeah. Anybody would have wanted him a couple of years ago. That's the amazing part about it. But I'll tell you, what do you think, what's your opinion on uh, all the Porzengis rumors with the Knicks? Like they almost traded him to Boston or a couple other teams are really interested. Like I don't understand what Phil Jackson's doing either there. I'm going to tell you what Phil Jackson's doing. Phil Jackson wants to get fired. Bill Jackson's yeah, so. job collected check. He's collected his check. And the only way he's going to get all his money out of this deal is he gets fired. Because what he has done to New York Knicks, and I'm not a Knicks fan. I can care, you know, a rat's butt less 
about the um, New York Knicks, but to one devalue Carmelo Anthony, and then yes. to talk with Porzingis, where Porzingis is like the future of your team, and he has some growing pains to get through. But once he gets into a, a nice system where you're building around him, he could possibly be, you know, that future guy. And you throwing his name around as far as a trade is like, why'd you even draft him? Why yeah. would you even bother drafting? I think Phil Jackson is in that same uh, mindset. He is still caught up in what happened in the 90s with that triangle offense garbage and this, that, and the fourth. That offense is well played. Like Everybody knows how to defend it now. He doesn't have the right pieces in place. And he, I think, seriously, he wants to lose his job so he can go back in retirement. He collected his money. Now he wants to chill. Yeah, and he, you know, I heard a rumor that during workouts, one of the lottery picks said to him, said to the media that Phil Jackson was dozing off during the workouts watching the kids, the lottery picks work out. I mean, it goes to show you that he don't even care, it seems like. He's dozing off during the workouts. I mean, what is this guy even thinking about? And, you know, the trade for Zangus, I mean, to think about trading for Zangus, who's your only good young player, you know, (laughs) it's it's mind-boggling. It really is. Exactly. Like he's the type of guy you should be building around. I mean, like you said, he devalues Carmelo Anthony already. And, you know, now they're going to get nothing for Carmelo Anthony at all when they trade him. And uh, it just seems like he's, he's completely – he's done, he's done his, you know, almost as bad as – like they, Isaiah Thomas got so much heat, but he did just as bad as a job as Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's done nothing. I, I mean, and now he's going to trade – He's going to trade that, and I tell you, I think they made a big mistake in the draft. I think passing on Dennis Smith Jr., they're going to regret that. I would have took Dennis Smith in that with that pick. When I, I watched the, you know, um, I, I left the draft party around about the fifth pick. So when I got home, they were like on the tenth, eleventh pick, and I went back, you know, and I saw who got what, and I'm looking at New York's pick, and I'm like, who the heck was this guy? When you had Dennis Smith sitting there, like you just totally yeah. passed up him, like. Like, what was the thinking in that? And then the, the guy they picked up might not even play this year. Because yeah, he came, I mean, and I think he flew back over to France because he was still playing over there. And he's not even considered a really good – they don't know if he could work the triangle. He's not a great offensive player. He's more of a defense. Like, he's a really good defender. But he's, you know, they, they, his offensive games are work in progress. Now, Dennis Smith is – I mean, anybody watched him play – the guy's a game breaker. This guy plays above the rim. He could handle. He could shoot. He could pass. Yeah, he's not the greatest defender, as they say, but he, the guy is an offensive weapon, and he could have been a perfect fit for that triangle. It's just a, it's just another line of head scratching moves for Phil Jackson, I guess. That you know you got to expect if you're a Knicks fan. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Is there anybody else, like, in the first round that you like that you think could be, like, a, a nice deal? Maybe somebody went later in the round or – I mean, um, I thought Sacramento did good. I thought Sacramento did pretty decent. I mean, they traded – they made the trade. They traded down with Portland, and they got two players. Right? They got Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. I thought they did pretty good getting two players there. If we would have stayed at the third pick, I really like Josh Jackson. Um I like uh, I like him too. I like Jackson DeAndre. too. I'm surprised Boston took Tatum over him. I mean Tatum's good too, yeah. but I'm surprised. I, I think Tatum's going to be a bust, but <clears throat> it is what it is. I like uh, 
Yeah, I would have. I would have never passed on Jackson. I would have took Jackson over Tatum for sure. Yeah, yeah, but um, reports was when Boston asked Jackson to come out and work out, he declined. So Danny Ainge got offended and didn't want to pick him. And I don't understand that with these rookies. Like, I don't know why the agents are telling them to skip workouts and stuff. You only work out for this team, don't work out for that team. Because it'd been me, I'd work out for anybody. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Right? You should want it. Like Lonzo Ball only wanted to work out for the Lakers. That's all he wanted to go to. You know, his father didn't want him anywhere else. And you know, we all know how his father just talks and talks. But you know. You know, will Ball live up to the hype is the question, right? I mean, I think he's definitely got his great passer. He's a great floor general. His shooting is a little awkward, the way he shoots, and will that translate in the NBA? I don't know. But he does do the other things well. So it'll be interesting. What do you think of Lonzo Ball? I think he's overrated. I'm glad we didn't pick him. I really don't like his father. I think his father is what's wrong with um, sports today. I don't think his son is going to be that good. I think that that jumper that he shoots is ugly. Is all get out. That's I agree. I, don't, I agree. And I think that his jumper is going to be his problem when he gets to the NBA because it's too easy to block. Because how he cocks it to one side, brings it to the other side, and puts it up. He doesn't even – he's not in the proper form, and he's shooting pretty much from his chest. All yeah, I can see exactly. is stealing it and blocking it, and he's – I'm telling you, he's not going to be that good unless they adjust his shot. Because the way his that shot is now, that's not going to work in the NBA. Yeah, it's not going to work not. in the NBA. It's not. It's not. It really isn't. If you like really look at his shot, it is. It's butt ugly. It is very ugly. And we all seen Fox. We all seen Fox pretty much abuse him in the NCAA tournament as well. Exactly. Only yeah, thing that got him. Only thing that got ball at that second pick that really got him in there was his father talking all that trash. You're right. And 100%. His father right. wrote a check that his behind better cash. And better cash because if he don't do what he's supposed to do, he's going to be the laughing stock of this draft. And now he has a target right on his back, right, as well. So yep. Now everybody, all that trash that his father talks. His father's like a wrestler. His father talks like a wrestler. Yeah. You know, so, and I'll tell you, I know you mentioned it earlier that Jimmy Butler deal is is a great deal for the Timberwolves. Perfect fit for a young team like that, you know, trying to take that next oh, that step. Was, that was a great pick because you put him with Wiggins, with um, Towns. Scary team right now, it's looking like, right? And now they have money to spend. They're going to try to sign one of these point guards, whether it's Teague or, or Rose or somebody like that. They're probably going to trade Rubio. And, you know, they're going to sign another point guard. So, here's a team that, you know, I think with that young, quick team, I think, I know, you know, Tibbs wants Rose because he coached him in Chicago. But I think, I actually think Teague would be a perfect fit there with his quickness with those young guys. I think Teague would be a nice fit with Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, but, um, so we'll see what happens there. My phone is about to die, so I might have to. Yeah, no, I appreciate you calling in. I, no, definitely, I appreciate you calling in. I know you didn't have much time today anyway, so I, I do appreciate you calling in and, uh, you know, giving all your thoughts on the Sixers and the rest of the NBA as always. always great to hear from you and, uh, you know, talk basketball with you as always. I appreciate you. And um, 
feel free to call into my show Monday night, 6 o'clock, Big Daddy's Hard Talk, and um, we can talk some more about it. Definitely. I will do, for sure. All right, All right man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks again. You too. All right, man. Big Daddy from the Philadelphia 76ers. Talking NBA. It's always great to talk to Big Daddy. Got the Sixers draft and uh, the rest of the NBA. So we covered a lot of NBA stuff right there, which is pretty good. And uh, we're going to talk a little more basketball for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes until 10.45. And then I'm going to have Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry coming on to talk some NHL draft. We'll switch gears to hockey. So, so far, we've done a lot of baseball and a lot of basketball so far. we got another caller we're going to take right now. Another another one from Totally Driven Zone, Magic Mike. What's going on, Magic Mike? Hey, what's going on? Uh, how, 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 doing, did, uh, how did you like uh, your pick? I actually like the Collins pick. I thought it was. I, I I think he's going with it. I don't think he's going to be good right away. I think he needs some a couple of years. I think, you know, he's actually you know he's definitely going to need some seasoning. He's young, but he has offensive game. The question is, how good is his defense going to be? But he does have offensive game. I mean, he averaged as a freshman nineteen points, eight rebounds. So he has some offensive game. I'm still not happy about the Dwight Howard trade. I I think they gave the guy away for a bag of balls. And I, I, you know, I'm not happy about it. But as far as the Hawks draft, I do like what they did. I like Tyler Dorsey, the pick they got in the second round. A guy, cat was big part of Oregon's run in the NCAA. He was their leading scorer, and he took them to the Final Four. He had a great tournament, so I do like that pick. The third pick, the center, you know, who knows? He's from France. You know, the guy probably won't be here for a couple of years, so we have no idea what you know what he's going to be. But I thought I thought they did pretty decent. I'd give their draft a B or so. I I thought they had a decent draft, but it looks like they're in full rebuild mode now after after trading Howard for a bucket of balls, and now you know most likely Millsap is going to leave free agency, or they may do a sign and trade with him. I mean, I'd love to keep Millsap, but at 33 years old, are you going to give? If you're trying, if you're thinking of the future, are you going to pay it two hundred million dollars to a thirty-three year old? Probably not. So we'll see. We'll see what they do there. But how do you feel about uh, the Knicks draft? Well, I, I I think the Knicks missed the boat. I think the Knicks went uh, <clears throat> again to France, and I don't think that's the answer. Um, but you know, I was listening to uh, to your take on everything. Uh, let me ask you a question. What 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 kind of a player would you would you have on would you like to have on the te- on the team? Would you would you take someone points uh, a game or sixteen points a game or somebody that scores twenty four points a game? Well, to me, it depends. I mean, is the, the twenty four point scorer you know shooting thirty eight percent from the field and he's not making people around him better? You know, it's a different it's a different thing. You know. I personally would like – I like a guy who could do a little of everything. Obviously, you want your scorers. You need your scorers. You do need your scorers. Well, that's you what also I'm need saying. So if the Knicks get rid of Carmelo Anthony, who are they going to have? And now they're thinking about trading Pazingas. And you said build the team around Pazingas. I, I've just never seen it with him. I never I never got it with Pazingas. But, I mean, he's oh, a good player, I, but I, I don't like, think he's worth to build the team yeah. around. Listen, I agree with you. Porzingis, to me, he's a very good player. I, he's not He's not a, a star. He's not Anthony Davis or somebody like that. He's not a star, superstar player. He's not Carmelo Anthony it, either. No, but Carmelo Anthony, it's not working there. And he's not going to be there. He's aging. Carmelo Anthony's not 
you know, if, if you had if anybody in the league would take Porzingis, Carmelo Anthony right now, anybody would take him because you factor in in the age, you know, everything. There's a lot of factors. It's not just you look at the point totals right now. Carmelo's a great scorer, one of the best scorers in the league, and I think Carmelo would be a perfect fit for a team looking to win a championship right now. I think Carmelo would be perfect for the Lakers. He could be perfect for the Lakers. I think he could be perfect for the Cavaliers. I think he could be perfect for team, any team like that. I, I, I think the Knicks are going to trade him. I just the question the problem is, is like Big Daddy just said, the Knicks have devalued him so much that they can't yeah. even get nothing for him. You know, if they get a late first round pick, they're lucky now. Like, you know, two years ago, that's why they should have let him, they should have made that trade two years ago with the Bulls. They could have had Jimmy Butler and a first round pick. And they should have did it because they're not going to get anything close to that now for him. But as I was saying about Porzingis, like you mentioned, I don't think when, you, when you're building a team around young players, he's a young player you would want one of the guys to build. I'm not saying he's the franchise chip to build a whole team around, but he's a, a piece that you want to have, have one of your guys to build a new I wouldn't trade him if I was the Knicks. Unless, listen, if Boston would have came to them and gave them this year's number three pick, next year's next pick, you know, a couple of good young plays like Jalen Brown or something, then maybe, yeah, maybe I would have did that if I was the Knicks. But the Knicks would have needed a, a really overwhelming <laughs> offer to move him. Yeah, I well, think. the thing was that, that I heard that the Knicks wanted too much and, and, uh, and the Celtics didn't want to give up. And there's also a rumor um, that uh, he could be going, Pazingas could be going to Indiana. Uh, Indiana. For a while. Oh, that's it. Why? For a while. Did you hear why um, was involved in that? Or? That's well, a weird room, Indiana. I never heard that, Indiana. No, the Rockets, brother. It said the Rockets are interested in, uh, the, the Rockets, it said, were, were interested in uh, Porzingis. Oh, the Rockets. I thought he said Indiana. Yeah, because they showed Indiana. I don't know why. But anyway, it, it's uh, and as far as Phil Jackson goes, you know the Knicks need need to uh, the the Knicks need to to weigh their options with him too and see what they're going to do or see what he's he's going to do. Um, you know, but. I don't know. I I think the I I think the whole thing comes down to, you know, what you did in the draft and what you're going to do on the off season. And you know what? No matter what the Knicks do on the off season, Knicks fans are still going to pack Madison Square Garden like the Knicks are. Uh, the Knicks are good. Well, that's one thing. The Knicks do have great fans. The Knicks fans keep coming, even though. The, the, it, whether the team stinks or not, the Knicks the Knicks fans will be there. That that is true. Knicks fans yeah. always fill the garbage. I heard Big Daddy talking about triangle office garbage or something. Garbage or something. I mean, that's not a you know triangle offense works. I mean, you know. No, no, yeah, no. You got to get back to it. You got to get back to it. I'm saying you got to get back to it. No, no, to Mike. What he's saying, what he's saying, and I agree with him, is you need the right guys to run the triangle. He don't have the right. right. Exactly, he don't have but, you Michael know, I mean, Jordan. They, he don't have. They Kobe have to Bryant. look at. They have to look at. Uh, uh, what's you know? They have to look at everything. But so well, far, so far as of right Smith. now, that, that should get us enough. Well, by making a statement, saying talking about Pazingas, and then when and we're then finding out that Pazingas might be traded, everybody was everybody on my Facebook was pissed off because they like Pazingas. Yeah, nobody wants to trade Pazingas. I'm sure. Why would you? 
you know, you should want to keep Porzingis. You know, I wouldn't want to trade him either. The Knicks missed the boat in the draft. They should have took Dennis Smith, and you heard me say it three times already today. Yeah, I they agree. Never Dennis, Smith Dennis, is real, Smith. Dennis Smith is going to be good. And as far as Lorenzo Ball being overrated, I think he's going to fit good. I think he's going to do good. I think he's a little overrated, too. I don't think he's going to be a scrub. I think he'll be a deep, a okay you, player. Were you shocked that he went number two? No, I figured he'd go Lakers. It seemed too – it was too much, too obvious, I think, he was going to go to the Lakers. Well, I think he it was said pretty the father obvious. said he was – the father said, I told you. The father yeah. said, I told you. Um, and you know what? Congratulations to the father. He's a, the guy's a great guy. guy's a nice guy. You know, uh, is he hyped for his son? Absolutely. But you know what? Uh, you know, he's got two more boys, and he wants to push them to the Lakers. Will they make it? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But – I just want to see. I think his uh, father it, has a career. I think his father can have a career in the WWE. I think. Actually. Yeah, that's so what they. Thought. That's what they said in the draft. Uh, <laughs> I think his father though talked too much, and now his kid's gonna have a target on his back. I, I tell you what, father. really messed up the draft for me. I gotta be honest with you. What really made me not watch the draft kinda was Wee Wee, <laughs> Wee Wee being on Shazam. Yeah, I gave her I gave her a shout out in the beginning of the show. That was awesome, right? Watching that, that was awesome. I watched it too. I was going. Oh man, I was, I was I was going back all and, I, and then I said, and then I said at the end, boy, they picked the right one for the '80s when they said this is an '80s. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm so happy for her. You know, she's a great Me woman. Too. You know, she deserves it. I mean, it, you know, I I just uh, it's just a wonderful uh, wonderful thing to to happen to them. So I'm I'm happy about that. Me too. It's always nice to see somebody you like you know and like, you know, a friend do do well and, you know, to see it like that on national T V, million bucks, you know, I mean what, what that was um, that was exciting. It was exciting watching. Me and my wife were watching it, you know, going crazy. It was great watching it. Yeah, I was I was singing along, I was dancing. When she was doing the running man, I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> wee wee, I loved it. Yeah. And it came through. That was that was good. I mean, you know, there was some some tough ones there, especially like the Taylor Swift one, right? She didn't know, and she didn't know any Taylor Swift, and they gave the one song she knew from Taylor Swift. They gave right, Thank which God. was awesome. Yeah, that and was, then that's Steve, a boyfriend. Nice, uh, that's a, a boyfriend nice show. I never I never seen stuff. that show before, but I I I really uh I really liked it. I thought it was really really good, and I'm happy they won. And they're the first yeah. ones to win. So, and that's a that's a big. That's a big step up for them, and and what she talks about, and how she's just a family oriented woman, and I'm I'm very uh, I'm very happy, very happy with that. I agree. Great job. It was great. It was exciting to watch, and uh, like you said, it kind of took it took the, my eyes off the NBA draft for a little while. And I yeah, I I, I I was I I figured you know what I'll never get a shot to watch it. I I might as well watch it and. Uh, you know, and and it was well deserved. She did a great job. And she was doing hey, it during me, like the uh, next. Let me ask you something. She was doing it when the Knicks picked too. What happened? It was going on while the Knicks were picking too. Yeah, well, the Knicks stink, so forget that. Anybody <laughs> I wanted to, talk, anybody I wants to come on that to come on and talk about how the Knicks blew the draft, give us a give him a call because this is uh, yeah. this is mo- monumental. Hey, uh, there was some there was some NFL. Uh, stuff going on this week. Uh, ESPN, they the ESPN had a um, what do you call? It? They had this thing that they were doing, and it's called like must 
the most important game for this for this season for NFL. And and uh, for me for me they they picked the Bills and they said it was the Bills against Cincinnati. And my my take on the whole thing is is that I I you know if it's a must win game. But Cincinnati's all the way like in the beginning of the season, so I, I don't, uh, I I can't believe it. Hey, the the Dolphins play the 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 Knicks. The Dolphins play uh, <laughs> twice in like uh in in like back to back weeks, kind of. Yeah, the schedule is kind of weird. The Dolphins play the Bills and the Patriots in like yeah. four out of six weeks later in the year. I think it's pretty. The scheduling's pretty. Uh, yeah, they did the scheduling weird there. this year. Yeah, so that that's weird. Yeah, very weird. We we actually play you the last week, so week seventeen, um uh what do you call it? in Miami we're gonna be at Miami. So um the Bills have a uh the Bills and the Dolphins have, have a uh have a big play. Isn't it something though? It's only a couple more about maybe I don't know, seventy something weeks days already and we're on we're on the kickoff. That's crazy. I know, football's right around the corner, it is. Gonna be, but they, you know, pretty uh, soon everybody's going to be going to get their Madden pretty soon. The Madden's going to be coming out and and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I'll be but I'm, I'm happy that you that. like your pick, and I'm happy that the the, the, the Rockets, the Atlanta, seems to be working for you, and I'm I'm glad. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how it all pans out. You know, this is a this is a tough thing with the draft with the Knicks, so. And I'm sure your man. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to be getting ready for your hockey roundup, and where you're going to be talking yeah. about the new the new expansion. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you a question: If that. the Dolphins were to do an if they were to do an expansion draft, who would you save for the Dolphins? If you had three players, three. Wow, three is not a lot to to give. You know, but if I had three. Got to factor in salaries. I would definitely save Landry. I would save. Let me see. It's tough picking only three. It really is. Well, I was watching NFL Good Morning NFL, and they they uh, they 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 did that. They had their three picks, and uh, and that's one of the uh, and those are that's one of the people that they saved. You could save three players. I would keep Tunzel, the left tackle. And, uh, yeah, I, it's tough. I mean, I love Sue, but, you know, obviously the guy's making so much money, so in a, an expansion draft you could expose guys that are making a lot of money. Maybe a Jaya, maybe Tannenhill. It's a tough to pick three. That's tough, picking only three. Yeah. But, you know, in a, in a thing like that, you really want to keep your young, inexpensive players. That's really what you want to keep. You'll expose your guys making a lot of money. Yeah, and that's and that's that's the whole key to the thing too. When you draft, your draft picks really don't make that much until like their contract expires, and then they go and they get a new uh, contract. So you know that's a that's a whole big uh, that's a whole big thing. But, yeah, no, it is. That's tough. That's yeah, it really is. But show. you know, it really it is. But that's show, the way life is. I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, and before you know it. And talking about the NBA draft, before you know it, the kids are going to be going into uh, the summer league, some of them. Yeah. 
July 1st. Well, I can't wait to check that out. It's going to be a lot of starts July 1st. A lot of interesting. And plus, we still have baseball coming up. We have the All-Star game coming up soon. So, uh, you know, trade deadline. Plus, you got free agency, basketball and free agency next week, July 1st as well. So, a lot of stuff going to be happening in July for sure. July's going to be yes, very busy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm returning. My show is going to be returning on July 12th. And as okay. of right now, my big show that I can, if I can announce on my show, on your show, if I can announce, uh, who I'm yeah, going to be having on it. my show. Go okay. The, the gorgeous girl, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling glow. I'm going to be having, uh, I'm going to be having maybe about five or six women because, uh, they have a, a, a Netflix show is out now and I've, I'm up to six episodes already. And so who, who do you got coming on? Well, I have, so far I have, uh, Roxy Astor and, uh, so far I have two, but I'm going to be getting more, uh, uh, Patricia uh, Summerlin's going to be on Sunny, Sunny, the California girl, and uh, I'm going to and, and I'm going to probably try to get a a professional wrestler on as well to talk about what their opinion, you know, was about the you know Glow Girls because you know these guys were out in arenas and supposedly and I heard this from a couple of girls they bumped into professional wrestlers. Oh, really? Well, they were trained. Uh, the first season and the second season, girls were trained by Chavo Sr., Doc Classic. Oh, Chavo Sr., yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he trained uh, He trained the beginning. He, betrayed, he trained the beginning uh, girls. But, but anyway, it, it, anyway, the creators of Orange is the New Black, they're the creators of this. So they 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 created that show and now they created the Glow Show and I gotta tell you man if you're a fan of 80s and you're a fan of the music and the, and and everything this show and and you know tie into wrestling this show is for you. Yeah, no, definitely. So where so where can it be seen? On uh, Netflix. Netflix, oh, okay. Yep, Netflix. It's out now and. Uh, it, it's exciting. It's very, uh, very exciting, and something, uh, something to look forward to, and, and everybody can watch it. And I'm going to have the girls on, and I had Sunny on, and Sunny, the California girl, very good friend of mine now, um, you know, and uh, and that's what uh, that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. I can't wait. You know, I took some time off to regroup, and uh, and tr- and trust okay. me. I didn't lose any sleep over the Knicks pick. I knew the Knicks. The Knicks should have just taken the pick and threw it in in the garbage. (laughs) Well, most of their picks should go in the garbage. Yeah, the Knicks don't pick. uh, The Knicks don't pick smart, but that's the way it is. But uh, anyway, don't forget to check out your this show every every week, and also Big Daddy. Don't forget to check out his Hard Talk. Brown do a great job. Every Monday night at 6 p.m. right here on Totally Driven Radio Entertainment Network. Yes, sir. Well, thanks, Mike. As always, thanks for calling in. Anytime, uh, brother. I'll 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 message you later, man. All right. Have a good weekend. You too, man. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Magic Mike Ferrara calling in, talking 
NBA draft as always, doing a good job talking all sports with Magic Mike as always. So we're going to take a, a quick commercial break, and then when I come back, we're going to get into the NHL draft, expansion draft, and hockey rumors with Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Back, we're going to get into some hockey in a minute. And uh, waiting for Mr. Berger to call in. But while waiting for that, obviously we just finished up some NBA talk. So did a lot of NBA so far, a lot of baseball, a lot of, you know, we had a lot of callers so far today. So 
who've been going through a lot of stuff. We had, obviously, Big Daddy from the Philadelphia 76ers on who did a great job and, uh, you know, talking NBA draft. So that was a great segment. We're going to get into some hockey shortly. And uh, so, like I said, we gave a little shout-out to our uh, Wee little Wee Wee from uh, Coco and Wee Wee Show who won the Shazam show, million dollars. So that was great. And uh, her and her boyfriend, Steve, so that was awesome to see during the week. And uh, obviously I ranted about – we're talking NBA, so I'm waiting to do hockey. I just wanted to just continue a little on what I was talking about with the Knicks, with Phil Jackson. You look at this. The guy, all right, he devalued Carmelo Anthony. He's talking about trading Porzingis. He passed on Dennis Smith in the draft, which I don't get. And now reports are that he was falling asleep during the workout for the lottery picks in the crowd. I mean, what is – going on here. But then you have an owner like Dolan who don't even go to the draft, who's doing with his band playing music while they, he didn't even know the Knicks drafted when they drafted him. I mean, it's unbelievable. The Knicks are just a train wreck. I, I don't know what they're going to do to turn it around. They obviously have to do something to turn it around. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I think uh, there's something really wrong there. I, I think they're going to regret passing on Smith. And uh, the fact that, you know, Porzingis is made, like, how do you even repair this with Porzingis now? And the damage is done there, I think. And then, so you're looking at that, and then, obviously, they still got to trade Carmelo. I mean, and he's got to approve a trade. So, it's going to only, your, your options are limited enough there. And then now you also got, you're talking, you're devaluing him on top of it. So, it's just not, it's, it, they're not doing much right here the next. They're really not. So, it's kind of puzzling how they're even operating, and how this guy, Phil Jackson, listen, he was a great coach with a great players, but he's not a great, he's definitely not a great president. I think that's pretty obvious right now, that the guy's not a great president. <laughs> so, you know, again, Knicks are a mess, and, you know, let's see, let's see, let's see what they're going to do to get out of this mess that they're in. But, so, all right, so, Obviously, I wait, Mr. Berg. I'm pretty sure he's calling in. He told me, you know, we were gonna, he was gonna call in. But as I'm waiting, while I'm waiting for him, it's, you know, we're on a, today. We're only on until 11:30 today. So, because I'm in, you know, the live show's live in Maryland in the La Quinta Hotel here in Maryland, live doing the show right now. So, <laughs> looking at some of uh, the NHL. So we have some, obviously. Let's take a quick look, Gander, over the expansion draft. So, that was kind of surprising. The Las Vegas didn't completely go. There was some veterans there they could have took. They went more young. I mean, it's not surprising that they went young. But they did pass on some guys that they could have had some trade value for them at least. Now, they did acquire a couple of first-round picks by not picking certain players, which to me was a great was great for them. I mean, they ended up getting – the Islanders won. They had a few, couple of ones. They had three ones yesterday, and you know they drafted some good players. They got two defensemen and a center, and uh, so they they did a, they did well for themselves there. I'm going to get into the Rangers shortly because I wasn't happy with the Rangers pick, two picks. I think the Rangers reached on both their picks personally, so I wasn't happy with what the Rangers did at all. I know it's hard to tell with some of these guys, but you know. I don't know. When you pass on, you pass on a guy. You pass on some some good players here to to, to take reaches. You know, obviously, 
nobody knows Leas Anderson could be a good player, but to me, I don't know how they passed on Middlestat, who has all the potential to be a big, big time offensive player. I know he's going to Minnesota to college for a couple of year or two, and also a guy like Gabriel Velarde who was out there. Those are guys Owen Tippett. He's the guy, you know, the guy Rangers took. He was projected in the 12 to 18 range, and then their second first round pick. Again, we don't know Philip Scheitzel from the Czech Republic left wing. He was projected. He was the 54th ranked player, and they took him at 20, 21. I mean, these are the type of players you better be right on them. If you're making these type of moves, you better be right because you you you, you reach for both players, especially the, the second first round. I mean, they really reach. I mean, if you reach up for these type of players, you know, I, you know, to me, it's kind of it's kind of mind boggling because these are the type of players. You know, you have a chance. Middlestat to me is a big time offensive player, and I'm interested to hear Mr. Berger's view on this. If he, when he you know, if and when he he calls in, but it's it, it, to me, it's really uh, it, it's really mind boggling you know, that they passed on such an offensive player like they did. Now, you look at you look at the first round of the draft, obviously the Devils, it was the two picks with a clear two. Nico Hishier from Halifax, who the Devils took. I'm surprised they passed on Nolan Patrick. I mean, I, Patrick, I would have took Patrick one. But Patrick going to the Flyers is a better spot for him anyway, his offensive ability. And Dallas took Hitkinen, the defenseman, and then Colorado went with Kalem as a defenseman. Then Vancouver took Elias Patterson the center. And then the Vegas took Cody Glass, who I think the Rangers had targeted there. But, you know, he, he went to Vegas. And then Lias Anderson to the Rangers, obviously. Then Middlestaff, the next pick, the Buffalo, which will be going to be a nice, a nice pairing with Jack Eichel one day there. Rasmussen to the Red Wings. Then the Panthers took Owen Tippett, then the Kings took Bellotti, the other two guys I mentioned. Then the Hurricanes took Martin Mikas, the center from the Czech. Vegas Golden Knights took Nick Suzuki, the center from the o- Owen Sound of the OHL. Tampa Bay Lightning at 14 took Callan Foote, the defenseman from Kalawana, WHL. Vegas Golden Knights, then I said, but the 15th pick took Eric Brandstrom, the defenseman. Calgary at the 16th pick to Juso Valamaki, the defenseman from Tri-City for the WHL. Toronto Maple Leafs at 17th took Timothy Legegrim. Some of these guys' names are hard to pronounce, the defenseman. Boston Bruins took Erho Vakanaman, the defenseman. San Jose at 19th took Josh Norris, the center. The Blues took Robert Thomas, the center from London. And the Rangers, Philip Chaitel, left wing. Another reach to me, you know, there. Now, the Flyers also a twenty. Flyers also made a trade. They got Braden Shen. They traded Braden Shen to St. Louis. They got the twenty seventh pick and a future first rounder in that deal. And they also, I believe, they also got uh, Yuri Lintara in the deal as well. So, uh, but that twenty seventh pick, they took Morgan Frost, the center from Salt State. Marie in the OHL, so you know, trading Brandon Shen, you know, 55 points, he gets 25-30 goals, gets a lot of power play goals, so it's kind of a surprising trade to see the trade Shen, I guess money had obviously played a big part in that, so, you know, so we'll we'll see what happens there, but, uh, you know, some of these, 
the range, the range, I'm not crazy about the range of picks at all. So, you know, I don't know, even though, you know, sometimes what they were thinking there, you know, but we're going to have actually Gene Cherry's on now. So we're going to ask Gene Cherry what he thinks. Gene, what's hello, going on, hello, Gene? Hello. How you doing? How are you guys doing? How you doing, man? Good, good, good. Uh, Mr. Berg is I agree, actually. I don't know. Mr. That's Berg is okay, not here yet. But, uh, so what do I you think about we'll, the we'll I thought they Yeah. I, I, look, the problem is, is that when you have a high pick, you know, most of the time Rangers screw up. Uh, for some reason, I feel like it's the pressure part. Like, you know, they obviously want to do well, but for some reason, it just never works out. I get it that it's a different regime now, and Gordon is, uh, you know, um, you know, <clears throat> our GM and everything. But uh, it's just from the past, just looking at history, we never do well with the high picks, and I don't know what it is. And I agree with Anthony that uh, I'm not crazy about that guy either. You know? Yeah, I, you know, to me, it's kind of. Uh... You know, well, first, before we even get into the pick, what do you think of the trade? The Stepan and uh, Ranta for the well, first and the young listen, defense? It's a, it's a bold move. It is definitely a bold move. I mean, look, they got a very high pick, and Ranta was going to be a free agent regardless. Plus, probably he would have been picked by um, uh, the Golden Knights. Um, so I guess they had to do it. Uh, it it's going to hurt. I mean, I just don't see. For example, Hayes being, uh, you know, our uh, second-line center or J.T. Miller, who still pretty much is an enigma. You know, he could go either way. So, Without a question, is obviously they got some money open up, so are they going to go try to sign a veteran like a Joe Thornton for a year or two, like a stopgap? Well, that's, right? that's, that's, that, that's actually is what I was discussing with uh, Vadim, um, our friend, um, a couple of minutes ago. Um, look, Thornton, the problem with Thornton is that he doesn't always perform in playoffs. I mean, he's a great player, plus, what is he now, 38, 39, something like that? Yeah, yeah, he's probably like 38, 39, but you probably get him on a short-term deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, listen, you know, this is the reason why Pittsburgh won twice in a row. When you have two solid centers, everything else just comes in place. Yeah. I just feel that center is the most important position. So I, I agree. And, and the know, fact that they clearly need to address, right? And well, they 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 probably gonna get a center. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna be Joe Thornton because I don't think Rangers are gonna be the only ones that's competing for him. You know, it's gonna be. But uh, I just look. I I don't like. You know, they keep drafting wings. Rangers. They have to develop a center. The only center they really developed in my memory is Stepan, who they just traded. I mean. I don't know. That is true. It, it's kind of, you know, who, who else is out there next week that they could go sign? I mean, you know, Marlowe, I guess, is another guy, but is he, he's not more, he's more of a, a shooter than a playmaker, right? I mean, you know, he's more of a scorer. And another thing with Marlowe, I feel, I'll be honest with you, because if you look at his stats, 
they were gradually going down um, until last year. And obviously last year happens to be <laughs> his free agency. And we know how players, you know, uh, do in their walk walkout year. You know, they try to impress and this and that. I'm just afraid that uh, I would say that Thornton is more of a safer bet than Marlowe. And Thornton probably gives them more what they need, right? A playmaker, a guy who can pass the puck, who will get the puck to Nash, hopefully, you know, in a position where he can score and, you know, win face-offs and stuff like that, right? Right, absolutely. Because we know, we we learned the hard way, the Ranger fans, how uh, uh, important the face-offs are. You know, when you listen, every, every... Yeah, every shift, what, what is it, 40 seconds, you know, for players, 50 seconds. So when you lose a face-off and another team has a possession of the puck, you're pretty much spending your entire shift chasing them, you know. So, yeah, yes, face-offs are very important. And that's why, so, listen, we, when you have Malkins of the world and Crosby's of the world, this is, you know, how you win championships. I mean, think about you it. Say, these guys, these guys without Latang, all right, out, they won the cup. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. And, you know, it's just, and like you said, up the middle is so important, right? And here you have, you have two guys. You have, obviously, you know, not everybody's going to end up with Malkin and Crosby on their team, but, you know, you got two guys there. And you look at their dominant team. I mean, this team, they went back-to-back, right? And, you know, right. those, I mean, they can win another one next year for all we know. I mean, you know, like you said, they did it without even Latang. I feel that it's, uh, you know, besides having a good goalie, obviously, center is very, very important, you know. And, you know, look, I don't know, you know, if this guy's going to develop or not. He's a kid. It is what it is. Um, but they, they they took a gamble. I mean, to trade Stepan, I mean, look, he's not Malkin or Crosby, obviously. But he was a solid, you know, Santa who could give you between 50, 60 points. And he was, uh, you know, good defensively, and he was killing penalties and this and that. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know what the thinking was about this. I, Me personally, especially, well, you know, I'm playing Monday morning quarterback here. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't trade Stepan. I would not. Not for that. Granted, they did get a defenseman who's supposed to be like uh, baby Mike Green, right? That's what they call him. Yeah. I mean, maybe they will work. He will work out, but uh, you know, it's it's a big game. Especially for if we had a dime for, for everybody. Yeah, if we had a dime, a dollar for every time somebody was a baby, somebody, and then they didn't pan out, right? We'd be rich. <laughs> So let me ask you something. So you think it's almost a guarantee, like as we're hearing that Shattenkirk will be a Ranger? Hello? Gene, you there? Gene, I think I lost you for a second. You're back. Hello, 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 hello? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, you're back. Okay. Sorry, I lost you somehow. I'm sorry. Like I was saying, do you, do you think it's almost, from what I'm hearing, do you think it's almost a given that Shattenkirk's going to be a Ranger? 
I don't think, well, from what I was reading, I, I don't, they don't say that they going for him. I mean, I guess because of the salary thing, but look, they have to address the center issue. So you're not getting Shattenkirk and Thornton, you know, that's out of the question. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I say they shouldn't have done that trade. You know, I am on the fence a little bit. Look, maybe the kid is going to be great and everything else. But um, losing a center is the toughest thing. That's, that's what my problem is. Yeah, the center, right? Yeah, that's – it's like you said, they signed Shattenkirk, but who's, still, who's playing center, right? And who's going to be the center right. of the team? Right. Okay, Hayes. Okay, Hayes, look, he had a rebound year last year. Good. But is he really a second-line center? I, how about this? I, I don't see Zibanejad is a, is a legitimate number one or number two yet. I haven't seen, you know, he plays in stretches. You know how it is. So, yeah, it's no guarantee. I don't know. It's no guarantee. You know, and the problem with Rangers is, is that, look, at the end of the day, um, it's an aging roster. Lundqvist is pretty much, you know, at the end of his career. Let's say he has enough. I think he's going to rebound the year coming. But uh, how many years does he really have? Yeah, no. And that's Bro, do, the thing, if, you're, if, if a team like the Rangers is thinking of rebuilding, I mean, you know, if you rebuild, if you're going in rebuild mode, then you're going to have to trade Lundqvist. I mean, what's the point, right? I mean, I I agree. You know what? I thought it's funny you say that. I thought about that also. You know, look, you either going for it or you're not. You can't be stuck in the middle. You know, you semi rebuilding this and that. Um, I know we're talking hockey, but look at uh, baseball, for example. Look at the Yankees, right? they recognize that they need infusion of young people. So they went out and they traded everybody who was tradable. And that's it. That's how you do it. What, what, what do you think of the Everlay for Strom trade? Uh, it's a good trade, I think. I think it's good. I'm still going to tell you about it. He's saying you basically got two underachievers, one for the other. I mean, I think Eberle's a little more proven in the NHL than Strom is. You know, I mean, Eberle has scored 30 goals once and close to 30 a couple of times, you know. Sometimes you know, a, a player needs to a, change. Yeah, right, change the, the scenario. Exactly. And it, it, I, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Again, it's also, you know, it's a bold move. It's something that, uh, you know, might work out or might not. But there's so many things that are involved besides, you know, we fans, we're only looking at as chess pieces. But we don't know how he was in the locker room, this, that, the other thing, you know, the family situation. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Islander defenseman who asked them to, 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 to trade him uh, because of the family issues. Uh, what's his name? Um, you know how I'm talking about um yeah, I know which guy you're talking about. Uh, not harmonic. Um, anyway, so it's just so many things going on, so many different personalities. It's, you know, I said it before on the show. I will say it again. 
you know, uh, people are people. So we're not looking at them as people, but they are. And things happen. Perhaps uh, he's disenchanted with the organization. Perhaps, like, um, you know, some family issues, this, that, the other thing. So it is what it is. So sometimes, you know, we scratch our heads and thinking, uh, why would they do that? Why would they trade this guy for that guy? And, you know, but sometimes that's how it is. Like, Ronto yeah. makes sense to me because he was a free agent uh, after this year. So they want to get value. That, I get it. But Stepan hurts a little bit, you know? Stepan hurts. I was hoping they're going to draft a center. I was hoping, uh, I don't know, this guy Nick Suzuki or, some, you know, somebody with a big body, you know, somebody, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we're going to be suffering for another 45 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I clearly think they reached. Yeah, and then the second first rounder, I think they really re- reached. I mean, the guy was rated 54, and they took him 21st, which is kind of puzzling. I mean, well, I, you know. and the thing is, the thing is, uh, obviously they have scouts. So obviously scouts came to them and they said, "Look, he's good. He's this, that, the other thing." So you know. But uh, it's just I have no faith in Rangers drafting high, like when they have like a high pick, because I was hurt so much by their high picks that I remember yeah, what's yeah. his name, uh, Brandel, and what's the other Brand- guy, Brandel, Brandel, yeah, well, Brand- oh, Moonmark, and uh, it's just uh, you know they comp- they wasted the picks. They waste. Yeah, you look at those picks and you're like, Jesus. Yeah, you're like, Jesus, right? You know, it's like uh, fantasy. Like, uh, you know, I lost terribly this year. Um, I used high picks for long players. That's it. Finished. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, if that happens, you know, it kind of screws your season, right? But the good thing about fantasy is you can make up for it next year. The Rangers can't. The Rangers are stuck with these guys. Right, you're stuck. Right, right. And then, yeah. and then you trade him. And then if you're disappointed with him, you trade him at the discount. You know, you get him like a third round pick. You know, for someone who you picked really high. I mean, it's uh, it's terrible. And what do you think about uh, what do you think about the Devils' first pick uh, this year? And Nolan Patrick, obviously, they were the two guys. What do you think of this? selection for taking him over Patrick. Who would you, you know be, what? Who you <clears throat> let me let me tell you something. I like him, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, you know, look uh, again. I, I'm just a fan. I don't know the guy this and that because you know, before they draft, they bring these kids. Uh, they uh, psychoanalyze them. You know, they have a psychiatrist sit down with them, and they want to know their makeup, which is a g- good thing. But knowing devils. I'll tell you, man, he's probably going to be good. <laughs> they yeah, usually they use, don't They're the complete opposite of the Rangers, right? They usually hit on no, Exactly. Though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's Detroit, by the way. I mean, if you look at, like, obviously, you know, um, that Souk retired or whatever went to Russia, Zettenberg, these people were picked in, like, eight, nine rounds, you know? This is yeah. how you pick. And then the Flyers get Nolan Patrick with the second pick, which is a good fit for them as well with their, you know, with their uh, offensive team. I was By the way, I'll tell you something. Yes. 
Yeah, I love Nolan Patrick. And his father played for the Buffalo. So. Yes. He, you know, they have it in their bloodlines. Hey, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, know, he's in Camp talking. Blood. He's in Camp Blood, mine is. <laughs> so I'm actually happy that he went to the Flyers and the Devils from that perspective. But uh, what do you think of the Braden Chen trade as well? You know, you, you know what I'm crazy about? I'm sorry to deviate from this. Uh, it was a crazy trade with um, um, Chicago. What they did, they got back Sod and they gave yes. back Panarin. Uh, you know, that was out of the left field, you know? Yes. Yeah. And then Braden Shen to the Blues, right? Yesterday? That was another one. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of surprised about that trade. What do you think about, uh, who do you think on the expansion draft? I think I might have lost Gene here again. Let's give Gene a chance. Yeah, he bugged out. Maybe he'll, he'll call back. We'll give him a chance. And he calls back in. We'll talk about the expansion draft with him. We've only got about 15 minutes left in the show. Been doing a great job. Gene did a great job there going over the NHL draft, the ranges and stuff. So if he calls back, we'll finish off the call with the expansion draft. But So, yeah, so, so far today, I mean, obviously we did a lot of baseball in the first hour. We did all basketball in the second hour pretty much. And now we've closed with hockey in the last you know, 45 minutes we've been doing hockey, so half hour or so. So we got a uh, – obviously I ranted on uh, – we, we talked – obviously Mets, I ranted on the Mets this morning. We talked about the Yankees, what moves they could possibly make. We've talked about NBA, all the NBA draft with Big Daddy. You know, we talked about the 76ers, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Lakers. I mean, we went through everything. We talked about potential trades and everything. And now hockey, we've done the NHL draft with Gene Cherry and the uh, Rangers. We're going to talk the Rangers. He's back now as well. So, I'm sorry about hey, that. Gene, I don't know. No, it's all right. No, it's all right. Yeah, the horse Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, the horse thing. I mean, that like, you know, that's crazy. I never heard about anything like that. But apparently, I was watching on the news. Uh, I don't remember Steve Reed. I believe the first name. I remember it's Reed. I don't recall his. So she had the same issue um, that uh, she got crazy allergic reaction from the equipment, and um, she had to retire. That's what she That's was crazy, saying. right? Was like, it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely. Well, look. Um, let's wish Hossa well, and uh, hopefully, I'm sure that he's gonna be all right. That you, uh, he'll take a year. But look, he's 38 years old. His career is coming to an end, one way or the other. You know. So. so I got breaking news on the show here. Travis Hamannick has been traded to the Flames. I'm waiting to hear who they got for him. But Travis Hamannick, the Islanders have just traded him to the Calgary Flames. So it's breaking uh-huh. news right now, locked on the show. So that's that's interesting. And we'll see. We'll what did they get back? To they, show. they haven't said yet, so I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find out some information, is, information is, now. Is that the guy who won, who asked for the trade? I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit slow this morning. <laughs> Was it Harmony I think he was West the one the, who asked for the trade. That was the one, right? I think, yeah. I think, I think uh, yeah, it says Flames finalizing deal around with the Hamannick. 
it's, it still doesn't say what they get. Hold on. Let me try to see what they gave. It's still not saying what they gave yet for him. But that'll be interesting to see what they gave. I mean, they had to give something decent, I would think, right? Details to follow. Just keep saying details to follow. You know, honestly, I, my guess, I think it's going to be like a decent draft pick. I mean, I don't. I mean, listen, he's okay defenseman, nothing to write home about. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be like a Sam Bennett, right? You wouldn't think? Maybe, yeah, yeah, and a pick or something. Yeah. I think I don't so, as usual. Yeah. Why we wait? Why we wait for those details? What would you take on the expansion draft? Which how do you think Vegas did in the expansion draft? Um, I mean, given the circumstances, I mean, nobody's gonna expose you like <laughs> their best players, obviously, you know. And uh, uh, the only reason why I I'm on the fence with this trade, with the Stepan and Ronta thing, is because they were gonna lose Ronta to the expansion. It was a given. And, and now they lost Lindbergh. Right, which is a good supplementary. But, but you know what? I guess I'd rather have, you know, a seventh-round pick. But, again, you know, the Stepan thing, I don't know what they're thinking. Unless they sign Thornton or, like you said, Marlowe, you know, what are they going to do? You know, this is a team that is aging. This is a team that needs to win now. This year, next year, perhaps they have. That's it. Total rebuild. I mean, that's just yeah. Happening. Yeah. No, listen. I, I guess like Stefan has fallen out of favor a little, right? Because he didn't do. But you know, last mm-hmm. year he was awesome in the postseason. So it's like amazing what one year could do, like right? It's like. And that's you know, the thing, you know. So you basically give him the boot because of one year. Basically, this is what you're doing. You know, this guy, first of all, you know, usually doesn't get hurt. He kills, he's, you know, he's defensive. He kills, I mean, these things are very hard to replace, very hard. But I'll tell you, I'm very happy that we still have Grabner. Yes, yes, me too. Grabner had a nice year for the Rangers. Nice year, and perhaps he'll take a step back because, you know, Honestly, to me, 27 goals, it's a little bit of a miracle year. But even though he had 30 for the Islanders one year, I remember. But he brings so much to the table, that speed. Remember when we lost Haglin, right? Um, we missed him a lot. We missed him a lot. And this guy kind of replaces him. And I was talking with Lenny yesterday, and he was telling me he heard the Rangers were trying hard to get – they were trying really hard to get – with to uh, get Duchesne yesterday. Well, I guess they like the other uh, can I say? Yeah. yeah, I heard that rumor. I heard it, you know. And Shattenkirk, I mean, listen, who wouldn't want Shattenkirk? But the bottom line is, first of all, Shattenkirk is not going to come for two years like Joe Thornton will, for example. Even though, obviously, it's two different positions, this and that, and we need both. But do we really want to give out, like, a long-term deal? I hate long-term deals. I hate it. Because yeah. usually it doesn't work out. It doesn't work and out. And Shattenkirk's going to want a big deal, obviously. So, Well, look, the amount is one thing, but the length is something else. You know, if uh, Shattenkirk comes for a four-year deal, for example, I'm all in. But if we have to give him seven years, 
I mean, can you imagine yeah. a guy in five, six years from now? He's going to be like Wade yeah. Bradley. Remember, yeah, that beautiful be uh, signing. That was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Wade Bradley. But that's Rangers, you know. That's how we roll. And now, look, it appears they're shopping. Uh, they're trying to get rid of Spall as well, right? So that amount of money, good luck. Yeah. Unless they eat, you know, unless they eat half of it or something like that. And they already kind of, you know, they really can't buy him out because they already did it with Girardi, and they don't want all this uh, half money uh, either. Uh. Well, you know, and it's funny talking about buyouts. Um, they did. I, I was praying they're gonna buy out Girardi instead of Stahl because between the two, I rather have Stahl. Yeah, I agree. Plus, Girardi's making more money too. So. Yeah, a little bit less years, I believe. Yeah. Man. You know, some of the, you know, like you said, you, you give Shattenkirk eight years, and then in three years, you're like, what the hell did I do? You right, know, what like, am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you're sitting there regretting the hell out of it, so. It's, yeah, it, 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 it'd be Anthony, interesting. I'm, I'm telling you, this is my feeling. I've been, you know, a hockey fan, long time, even, you know, uh, in Russia when I was a little boy. My feeling is it's all about the goalie. And it's all about the two centers. That's it. Everything else, look, you still need good players. Don't get me wrong, but that's the most important. Yeah, I agree. And it's, right now they're weak it's up the middle. They need they got a goalie, but they need centers. But their goalie's getting old too, like you said. He's getting old too. But uh, you know, one thing about uh, Rangers, they have uh, decent. Uh, uh, goalie prospects coming up. I believe yeah. they have this Russian kid that's supposed to be. That's why they didn't so, not moving Ranter either, right? So. And by the way, don't think that Ranta is not going to hurt uh, either. Stepan is one. Oh, yeah, no, but like, he did well for them last year. Because if Lundqvist gets uh, hurt, and chances are he will because he's getting older, and we obviously saw it in the past couple of years that you know he's getting. Hurt, um, it, it's going to hurt big time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this McKenzie kid. I kind of liked him um, in what I saw in his, you know, uh, appearances with the Rangers. Uh, maybe he's the answer. I don't know. Because all of their other uh, goalie prospects, they're too young. What do you think of... Uh... Do you think, like, speaking of, uh, like, uh, the Oshie deal yesterday, where you get eight years, another big long-term deal, eight years, $46 million from Washington, T.J. Oshie? I love Oshie. He's one, and let me tell you, um, you know, um, I love his game. I love how defensive he is. I love him on uh, penalty shots. Um, the overtime shots, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's real good. And what he did yeah. for and what he did for Team USA, it was amazing. Yeah, remember? That that was amazing. amazing. Yeah. I, I personally never seen anything like that. Nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that, that was sick. That They just kept saying this guy. They didn't even let anybody shoot. Porsche, you win. Um, but again, eight years, really? All right, good luck, guys. What can I say? 
By the way, speaking of Washington, I don't know. Look, they were so loaded, and they always loaded with talent, and they never win. And I don't know. Maybe it's a rich. I don't know. But it's so hard to trade the face of your franchise, you know? Yeah, no, that's almost impossible. It was, it's you know. impossible. Because, first of all, uh, remember the fans. You know what kind of backlash they're going to get if they trade Ovechkin? It's all. Yeah, oh, they'll, get, they'll get hammered. So I guess you stick with it. But, you know, the guy also, just like Thornton, he disappears in playoffs a little bit. Of course, yeah, yeah. there, but he he's not a force Basically. that he is in regular season, let's put it that way. No, not at all. You know, it ain't like he's Crosby in the postseason. Crosby, right, right. Malkin, you know, these guys step up. Yeah. You know, they elevate Kane, their game. Guys like Kane, Patrick Kane, you know, Caves, those type of guys. Patrick Kane, up. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I feel bad. Uh, you know, our fantasy league. Um, going back to Panarin thing. Um, I want to see how well he does without Kane. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, she's like different. So, it's a good move for said, right? Lenny has said, right? So it's good for Lenny. Oh, absolutely. I'm a bit, honestly, I was always a big fan of Sad. I think he's a really Len, solid. Lenny will be offering Lenny will be offering Sad in three for ones now. Lenny and it's terrible for Mike. That's my listen, yeah. I could be wrong, you know. Life is life. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to predict. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we don't know, but just looking at it, yeah, it does look that way. I remember uh, in our fantasy league, I traded Joe Thornton and Paul Correa for Brad Richards and Aguilar. And the entire league, I believe even you, was killing me for it. Killing me. They're like, you got robbed. Correa was and... my favorite player, too. <laughs> and, what, and what happened? Sakic uh, uh, got a concussion or something happened with him. He was out. And so Paul Korea. Korea also. And Paul Korea, yeah. you know. And meanwhile, Brad Richards won the MVP that year, by the way. And Nagila finally blossomed into power forward that he's supposed, supposed to be. So point is, is that you never know. You know, we could you never know. Project. Whatever it looks like. Yeah, whatever it looks like, it don't always pan out that way. So Right, right. So even with the Rangers pick, look, uh, I'm not a big fan of that guy either, I'll be honest. But listen, you know, who knows? Now, uh, Bukiewicz is a wild card here. I think, I think that this year he's going to take a huge leap forward. I think. You know, he's, he's not that a would boy. Be yeah, that would be huge. That yeah. would be huge. That's what they need. Yes. That would yeah. that would be huge. So, you know, I guess you know losing Lindbergh. I guess it's better than losing Rantas or nothing. Yeah, and then at least they got something in a deal, right, for Rantas. So. Right, and hopefully the pick works out. You know, so yeah, hopefully they we could be sitting here uh, three out. years from now and be like, wow, what an awesome deal. Or yeah, we could be sitting and, 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 and saying the opposite. Like it's another Pavel Brendel, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> but Brendel, I knew his trouble right away because the guy can't skate. He was a goal yeah. scorer, yes. But the guy, and he was always overweight, and I read these reports that he's always so. Uh, you don't pick a player like that. 
Yeah, um, I agree. Physical, physical abilities are important, but the mental yeah. part is just as important. You have to pick somebody who's a good teammate, who's not a cancer in the locker room, who stays in shape in the off season. These things are very important. No, I agree. That's what you need, and you know, hopefully, that's what they see in these guys, right? Right, right. But that's why, you know, a lot of teams, they employ psychiatrists. They sit these kids down and, you know, they ask them certain questions and they try to figure it out if it fits their, uh, you know, club. That's it. Yeah. That's how you're going to do it. That's why they get paid the big bucks. Right. <laughs> I wish I was a, <laughs> a scout. Um, yeah, really. You know, so they say, yeah, they get, but, you know, listen, scouting is also, you travel, you never see your family. It's like, you know. Yeah. No, it's always a lot. And, uh, again, going back to the mental part, like, uh, you know, um, sometimes uh, fans, they uh, criticize players. Oh, if they have, let's say, no trade clause. How come he didn't accept the deal? Your team sucks. You could have went and tried for the championship. At the end of the day, they have families. They have kids. You know, if you're playing in New York, for example, and they ask you to waive your no, uh, no trade clause and move to Canada, right, this is more than just a cop. This means you have to take your kids out of school, out of their, you know, friends' lives, and, you know, move them to a completely different environment. That plays yeah. a very big role. You I know? agree. That's huge. That's why a lot of yeah. these guys would rather just stay where they are instead of moving, you know, even if it's a better right. opportunity that's, on well, a different look, that's team. Why they, first of all, that's why there's no trade clause exists in the first place, because they don't want to yep. uproot their family. It's not about them. Exactly. They'll move. If you're a single guy, who cares? You know, you exactly. uh, have a girlfriend in Canada just like you have it in New York. Fine. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, when kids come to play, that's, you know, you and I married and you and I have kids and you know how it is, so. Yeah. No, great. Like, I wouldn't go somewhere else now, you know? Right. Because so you get a job. Yeah, like right. Chicago or something, you know? Right. What are you going to do? You're going to approve everything? You know, your kids yeah. have friends. Your kids have friends, yeah. this, that, and the other thing. You know, so it would, have to be a a significant, it would have to be a significant amount of money, right? I mean, to even think of something like that. Listen, you know, if you're already a millionaire, let's say you're making $4 million and you're being offered $6 million, but you already made $4 million for, say, seven. Yeah, then it's not a big difference. Yeah, what are you going to Yeah, you're going to really do this? Now, if you're making $4 million and somebody's offering you 20-something million, then that's not Right, million. That's, that's, that's a significant, you know. Yeah. Um, well, like us, it's you like, know, we're, uh, not making, I, we're not making millions of dollars a year, so if, if we got an offer saying you're going to make $2 million, $3 million a year, then you consider it now, you know, but... Mm-hmm. But right. that's what it would and take. It would take a significant right. amount. Well, of money, let's say you, know? you know you're a small time player who's making you know under a million or whatever, one point seven, and you're gonna get five million. Listen, that's 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 you know something that yeah. you're gonna have to sacrifice your kids' well-being. I guess it's like um, you know I listened to Howard Stern's show, and a couple of days ago he had Ashton Kutcher on, you know the actor. Yeah. And um, they were talking about Two and a Half Men, the show with Charlie Sheen. 
And yeah. uh, he goes, you know what? I I didn't want to do it. He goes, I knew this was going to bump because that show is all about Charlie, you know? Yeah. Um, so he was like, I don't think I'm going to do it, this and that. He goes, and then one day my agent calls me. He goes, listen, they're giving you $25 million per season. He's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't say no. <laughs> yeah, I have one, you can, obviously. <laughs> it's real money, listen, you know. Yeah. Well, Gene, I want to thank you for coming on today, as always. Talking I hockey. thank you for maybe, having me. And maybe next week, if you're free, you can come on and talk free agency, because it'll be July 1st, and it'll be free agent frenzy going on. So hopefully you could call in next yeah, Saturday. So we, uh, right. Hopefully by next weekend, we're going to have some interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll see where Shacklekirk yeah. is. I don't see Shacklekirk resigning um, in St. Louis. Uh, by the way, in Washington, these yeah. guys, and he's not going to stay in Washington either. We traded for him, yeah, a hundred percent. Plus, they just gave Oshie, uh, you know, I have a feeling he's going to be on the Rangers. I have a feeling he's going to be on the Rangers. Well, let's see. I, I look. I, I have no problem with that. My, I'm not. My problem is not with the money. It's not the amount. My problem is the length. That's the issue. And everybody wants to feel yeah. secure. I'm sure he's going to be shopping for like the. Look, listen, he he could end up on Golden Knights, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, yeah, if they give right. him the most uh, the, the most length, and then because this is you know he's a human being. It is what it is. That's it. You know, and she knows that, Gene, they're and, not doing anything. Anything, anything is possible. Yeah. So, okay, Anthony, thank you right, for so having me again. No, thank you. Pleasure next week. Having you on. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And, uh, next Have week. a nice day. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get Mr. Bergen to wake up next week and come on. So. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him right now. I'm kicking him out. Maybe we'll get Fadim. Maybe we can get Fadim on next week, too. Well, let's do that. You know, Fadim is very yeah. knowledgeable. He knows his prospects, yeah. his players. So it'll be interesting. All right, cool. All right, thank man, you. Enjoy your weekend. Thank yeah. you. Have a good weekend. You too. Gene Cherry on Talking NHL. So, a great show today. Thanks to you, Gene, for coming on Talking Hockey and doing an NHL draft. A great show today. We've got a lot of baseball, Mets, Yankees. Got a lot of calls about baseball early on as well. And then we did uh, basketball. Thank you to Big Daddy coming on from the Philadelphia 76ers, talking Sixers draft and the rest of the NBA. And then thank you, Gene Cherry, for coming on Talking NHL. And thank you for Magic Mike as well, calling in Talking NBA draft as well. So I want everybody to enjoy their weekend as it was fun doing the show live from the La Quinta Hotel in Maryland. And uh, we'll be back next week, and it'll be free agent frenzy in the NBA and NHL next week, but more baseball and everything else going on in the world of sports. So everybody enjoy their weekend, and thanks for listening.